Earth. After a 10-year journey, the lander is due to make its descent onto the icy surface. Scientist Simon Sheridan from the Rosetta Project says the landing is fraught with difficulty. There's a multitude of things that could go wrong. Um, we, we could hit the surface too hard or too fast. We could hit an object. Uh, we could fall into a crevasse. Um, it's just there's, there's a lots of things that could go wrong. City regulators are set to impose huge fines on a number of banks for the alleged rigging of foreign exchange markets. It's believed six banks, three of them British, will be ordered to pay up to £250 million each. A woman from Aylesbury wants the government to fund pack lunches for her daughter who has food allergies and can't have free school meals. Free meals were brought in for primary school children in September, but Lola Wertheim can't eat eggs, nuts, dairy, wheat or fish. Her mother, Lindsay, says there ought to be a system for children who suffer allergic reactions. She's basically discriminated against for a medical condition. It's a universal scheme. It's meant to apply to all children. Allergies are not, you know, uncommon. And basically, she's excluded because of of medical reasons. And I don't think that's fair. A burglar from Sandy has been jailed for four years after police tracked him down through his socks. Jamie Peck wore socks on his hands to avoid leaving fingerprints, but left them behind at the scene. Gail Sanderson reports. Peck had broken into a house in May while the owners were away, but was forced to jump out of a first-floor window when the son came back to check on it. He left the socks behind. They contained his DNA and police tracked him down. The 36-year-old from Winchester Road in Sandy was found guilty of burglary at the house in Home Court in Biggleswade. Luton Crown Court heard he had 41 previous convictions going back to 1996. In sport, Andy Murray's beaten Milos Ronic in straight sets to keep his World Tour finals hopes alive. And the weather will be cloudy this morning with showery rain at times, brightening up this afternoon. Top temperatures around 13 degrees Celsius. That's 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. Time to raid your attic and dust off your records. Andy Chesham's here to value your vinyl. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From seven. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. But here's where the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up. Massive wood piles. I'd prefer that if it said massive wood lice. That would be, that would be a story, huh? There are massive wood lice in beds, hearts and buck. What is a wood louse? Is that like an animal or a, or a fish? It's weird, isn't it? Raging allergies. And something I like first thing in the morning, a whopping great pro. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459, etc, etc, etc. Hey, do you remember, like, two years ago, uh, every day for, it seemed like, 
ages, we were banging on about that fire at, um, where was it, Apps Pond? Yeah, it was wasn't next it? to the M1, people could see it as they were driving past. Just sort of between Junction 8 and Junction 9, big massive pile of wood, it was always on fire. Uh, well, people living nearby fear it could happen again. I thought this, this wood was supposed to have gone. That's yeah. what I, we were led to believe. The wood pile at Apps Pond Lane smouldered for three months with firefighters using so much water that uh, neighbours were left without. They also had no power and um, loads of people moved out. I remember we spoke to, Justin spoke to some woman who was uh, trying to sell her house and she couldn't sell it, could she? The Environment Agency had given owners Navitas until today to remove the 10,000 tonnes of waste wood. So, it's still there. They've got a busy day ahead of them. Catherine, you've got the latest on this. Uh, people living near the site, what are they saying about yeah, this? Yeah, and we're going to be finding out more about that with, with Justin. He's going to be there this morning. But they've been telling us they're worried about the fact that nothing, in the two years that's ha- elapsed in between this fire and now, nothing's happened to remove the wood from the site, and uh, this similar f- fire could happen again. Speaking yesterday, we spoke to uh, Susan Slaughter, who's one of the uh, neighbours. She's just said it's an accident waiting to happen. We're very concerned because nothing seems to be done. They were supposed to be cleared by, I think, tomorrow, and no wood has been moved at all. The compost at the back has been moved, but there's been no movement at all on any of the wood. I think it's an accident waiting to happen because... It's still all there, and the same thing could happen again. I think it was a duck. Uh, what do they think about the way the Environment Agency has handled this situation? Well, the Environment Agency told the <laughs> local MP for St Albans and Maine that Navitas have until today to clear that wood from the site, which is being transported to Germany, apparently, for recovery by incineration. Can, hang on one second, let me just read that sentence. Yeah. It's being... Tra- 10,000 tonnes of wood would be transported to Germany for recovery by incineration. I have no idea what that sentence means. I think they're going to burn it in Germany. Flipping heck. OK, go on. As long as they don't burn it by the side of the M1, we're all right. Yep. The EA admitted, that's the Environment Agency, Guys. admitted to her that the progress on the site is not what they would have liked. <laughs> and they've assured her that they're making weekly inspections and are working with the fire brigade to make sure oh, the appropriate dear. fire prevention methods are in place. But Susan Slaughter is not impressed. We very rarely see anybody monitoring it or anybody up there. Um, we have seen them working in, on Saturday afternoons and I thought they were supposed to stop at one o'clock. They have been moving the compost out from the back of the site, but the wood still seems to be the same big heaps as were there before. There's planning permission has been granted to um, build the biomass plant on the condition that all the wood is moved, but nothing seems to be happening. I think it's a duck. I hope it's a duck. Anne Main, the MP, um, is also not impressed. She says... Boy, you don't want to unimpress Anne Main because she does stuff. What has she said? She's a terrier. A reoccurrence of the events of two years ago is simply unacceptable and the Environment Agency are very aware of their responsibilities for keeping local residents safe. So apart from uh, um, saying that progress is not what they would have liked, what else are the Environment Agency saying? Well, they've declined our request for an interview, which is a real shame. Flipping. And what is wrong with these Muppets in authority... At councils and uh, MPs, not our main, and in agencies, government agencies, who we pay their wages, they work for us, come and tell us and the residents what's going on. Don't just send us boring statements. Well, especially when the feeling is among re- residents that they're not doing enough. Oh. You want to make it look at least as if you're bothered. Anyway, they declined our request to come on, but they gave us a, a, a long statement, which I'm going to sum up. Um, it says it wants the waste wood currently stored at the site removed as soon as possible. They've yeah, had two years to, to move it. The residents want it moved. They wanted it moved two years ago. The operators at the time of the fire, two years ago, Wood Recycling Services Limited, went into liquidation. They've issued a permit to Navitas Environmental Limited to 
operate this biomass boiler fuelled by waste wood chips on the site. Permit includes a number of conditions, including the requirement that the site must be cleared of the existing waste wood piles before the boiler can start operating. We kind of knew that. The Environment Agency estimates that over 5,000 tonnes of waste have been removed from the site since the fire in yeah, 2012. That's, that's the compost we're hearing, not the wood. In relation to Navitas having until today to clear the wood, the Environment Agency says the temporary enforcement position expires today and they're considering a new position statement... Oh, which would be valid for a further period of time. So Translate that into English, Catherine. If they don't do it, they'll tell them to do it again. And they'll have longer. A new position statement. Oh, for crying out loud, speak in English. I'm angry today anyway, and this lot peeing me right off. Do you want to know what Navitas is saying? Yeah, yeah, these are the people that own the site. Yeah, go on. They won't come on either. Um, it, they remain committed to removing the waste wood on the site. We've inherited as new owners. We have to date invested thousands of pounds in state-of-the-art a plant to assist with this, which further demonstrates our commitment. We continue to liaise closely with both the Environment Agency and the Fire Brigade seeking advice, guidance and support where appropriate, meeting regularly on site. I'm not in the best moods anyway, and they're, they're, they're both got me right annoyed. Nearly swore then. Take a deep breath. And breathe out. Again. Out. Keep doing that, it'll sort itself out. No, it won't. Now I'm lightheaded and I'm angry. Flipping out, it's even worse. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. One southbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 13 for Bedford and 12 for Flitwick because of an accident. And northbound on the M40 towards Oxfordshire, there's two lanes closed with an accident between Junction 6 for Watlington and 7 for Tame. In Hazelmere, it's looking like it's moving well at the moment through the temporary traffic lights on Amersham Road at Park Lane. And in Hatfield as well, the Great North Road has some roadworks in place at St... St Albans Road East, that's not causing any delays at the moment. No reports at the moment of any problems on the trains either. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Right, 6.15. It is uh, Wednesday, the 12th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People living near a recycling yard near St Albans say they fear the wood that's stored there could catch fire again. Scientists at Stevenage-based Astrium and the Open University are awaiting their space probe, uh, waiting for their space probe to land on a comet this morning. And a mother from Aylesbury is calling on the government to provide free packed lunches for school children with allergies. BBC Three Counties Radio. On Friday night, a unique band of heroes lands on BBC One. The dancers with Strictly Starlight in their feet. Queen of drama, you can tango! The Walford residents fending off ghostly visitors. Cindy, what are you doing here? The space-travelling Time Lord. I am the Doctor. The world's biggest boy band. Hi, where One Direction? And the most famous cat and mouse in the universe. Tom and Jerry. See these heroes come together for BBC Children in Need. Friday night from 7.30 on BBC One and BBC One. HD. Oh, sweet. Not that. This.
enjoyed that. Flippin' egg. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, the mother of an Aylesbury girl whose allergies mean she can't have free school meals said the government should pay for packed lunches. Well, Lindsay Weartime says it's costing £500 a year to make sure four-year-old Lola steers clears of... Well, we can speak to Lindsay. Now, Lindsay, what is it exactly that, that Lola can't go near? Um, Lola's allergic to um, egg and nut she's severely allergic to, um, including to touch off other children. Um, oh, also allergic to wheat, soya, dairy, tomato and fish. Flippin' egg. <laughs> your, your, your life must be hard work. Um, Interesting, yeah, trying to feed her. <laughs> How do you, when do you find out that a, that, that a child has allergy? I guess when they eat and they have a reaction. Yeah, and basically as soon as she weaned off milk, and obviously milk when she was fed straight away. So literally as we tried her on new food, she reacted. Wow. And what is the reaction she has? How does it affect her? Um, in various ways. Um, she has a lot of um, gastro reactions from the minor, but the more severe allergies, um, including the touch ones, she is anaphylactic, so she carries two EpiPens, oh, an inhaler, emergency antihistamine. She also has three daily medications anyway by routine, um, a capsule every time she eats and an antihistamine at night. She she's got the um the the, the injection thing. She's four years old. She, she doesn't wouldn't administer that herself, would no, she? No, no. She um the teachers at her school are trained to do that, and obviously we would do that in our care. So she has to be in the care of someone who's trained to do it. And is is that it, or is there the op- the opportunity that she might actually be allergic to more things at some um, point? There is. She's um she's still under the care of a hospital where she goes every three to six months. She's um due to go back in January to be admitted onto the ward for more advanced allergy tests. So she's constantly being tested for more. Every time we go, we end up with one, you know, a few more. She's also allergic to grass, hay fever, pollen, dust mites. So yeah. And uh, I mean, when you first send your kid to nursery or school, that's a worrying time anyway. But it must be even more worrying for you because she's out of your control. Yeah, it's, it's probably the most terrifying time of my life, knowing that you know you're passing all that over. We've never kind of we've had family babysit but you know not very often and and it's difficult and passing that over is very difficult knowing that you know she's got these issues and we've tried to train her as best we can to be aware of her symptoms and she had a reaction recently and we were really proud that she was able to voice it to the teacher straight away but it is difficult you know we've had to train her not to touch other people's food and you know we have to rely on other parents as well because you know, the school has been fantastic and really supportive. And this is St Mary's, isn't it, in yeah, Fairford Lees? Right. Yeah, they've been amazing and they've put into place, um, you know, nut and egg exclusions. But we're still relying on parents to actually do that and there's, there's a massive lack of understanding. Yeah. Of, you know, why such a tiny bit can hurt someone and my daughter doesn't play with your daughter, so why does it matter? You know, <laughs> so we're putting, basically putting her lives in other people's hands. And sometimes the hands of people who don't understand it. Yeah, m- might not take it quite as seriously yeah. as, as perhaps they should. Yeah. So you have, um, you, you, of course, kids now get free school meals, don't yeah. they? But, yeah. but you, you've inquired about um, getting funding for, for pack lunches. Yeah, basically, we exhausted all possibilities that she could be fed. It's an external catering company. And... Mm. Um, Obviously, she's difficult to feed, as we know, um, and they couldn't provide a safe alternative without cross-contamination. I've contacted the government and basically said, as far as I'm concerned, it's discrimination. If it's a free policy for all, it has to be for all. And, uh, you know, if, you know, (laughs) she was 
disabled in some way, they would have to find a way around it, and it's a medical condition. You know, I understand it's not possible to give her the same food, but then where's her money going? There should be an alternative, be it, you know, a food voucher or something that they can provide. So you've spoken to Bucks County Council and the Department for Education. That's right, yeah. What have they said? What's um, been their response? Basically, Bucks County Council, after three months of chasing them, um, basically came back to me and said it's not their, not their decision, not their issue, and passed me on to the head of education. They did say that... There's nothing legal in place to say that she should be provided for um, in this instance, but that's basically that they haven't actually kind of addressed the issue. Um, The Department of Education has sent me back some... um, Lovely, very unhelpful kind of skirting around the issue type. Can I read you? We've got, we've got a statement from Bucks County Council that basically right. says we, we, we've told uh, uh, Lindsay to go to the Department of Education. That's right, yeah. Let me read the statement we've got from the Department for Education. It's a really nice little puff piece. Yeah. <laughs> Free school meals save parents money, boost children's education, and make sure children eat healthy food at lunchtime. <laughs> when parents of infants with special dietary requirements request a free meal, schools must take reasonable steps to provide a suitable meal. Which is ridiculous. Thanks, guys. That says absolutely nothing. It says absolutely nothing. And, you know, the school's not at fault. The school have been incredible and really supportive. It's an external company providing it anyway. And, you know, the company are uh, protecting their own interests, but also being safe for Lola by saying that, you know, we cannot guarantee Mm. if it was prepackaged food and it was put on a shelf, it would say may contain these ingredients. You know, they can't... It is difficult, and her allergies are severe, but they should have something in place. She's not the only one. It's a really common problem. It's one of the most um, common chronic conditions in the UK at the do, moment. Do we know why she's got these allergies, how these allergies develop? Is it, is it something that happened in the womb? Is it something that's happened... Why is it? We, we don't know. She's, um, she's atopic, so she has eczema and asthma as well. She, um, she was born at 31 weeks. She was nine weeks premature. Oh, so she was in a sterile neonatal unit. You've had a right fun time, haven't which, you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it could, I mean, that could be relevant. You know, we'll, we'll yeah. never know at the end of the day. You know, we might just be unlucky. We're luckier than some, you know. Hey, listen, you're very lucky because she We're sounds like lucky. she's absolutely adorable and she's, she's got a fantastic. great mum looking after her. So, Thank you. Uh, listen, I wish you the very best of luck, Lindsay. Thank you ever so much. Thank you very much indeed. There we go. Well... It is a worrying time when you, the kids first, you know, that first day they're not with you or that first afternoon, but then to have to worry about something like that. Thank you, Lindsay. 08459 455 
news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound has a lane closed between Junction 13 for Bedford and 12 for Flittick. And also the M14 northbound has two lanes closed because of an accident between Junction 6 for Watlington and 7 for Tame. In Bricketwood, it's starting to look busy on the A4 North Orbital Road around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. They're looking at the cameras on the M25. Things are moving well there at the moment. Having a look at the trains and the London Underground has some delays on the Piccadilly line. Uh, it's suspended between Uxbridge and Rainers Lane because of a signal failure at Uxbridge. That's also affecting the the Metropolitan Line is suspended between Uxbridge and Hillington with severe delays between Harrow on the Hill and Hillington as well. So that's Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. half past six, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines people living near a recycling yard by the M1 in Hertfordshire say they're worried it could catch fire again. The owners of the site at Absbond Lane have until today to remove 10,000 tonnes of waste wood. Scientists at Stevenage-based Astrium and the Open University are awaiting their space probe to land on a comet more than 300 million miles from Earth. After a 10-year journey, the lander is due to make its descent this morning. A mother from Aylesbury is calling on the government to provide free packed lunches for schoolchildren with allergies. Lindsay Wertheim's daughter can't eat the free school meals that were introduced this year in case she suffers an allergic reaction. The weather will be cloudy this morning with showery rain at times. Brightening up this afternoon, though, Top temperatures around 13 degrees Celsius. That's 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tennis first, and Andy Murray has beaten Milos Ronic in straight sets to keep his World Tour finals alive at the O2 Arena in London. Spins this one onto the big forehand of Ronic, who hits the baseline. No, he doesn't. He's gone long. Ronic defeated in the end as Murray stays alive at the ATP World Tour Finals. Well, we're going to have a Hawkeye replay. It might not be all over yet, you know. It was a big forehand by Ranic, and it is out. They shake hands, the two players. On to football and the Wiccan Wanderers striker Paul Hay says the reason they're doing so well this season is due to the spirit in the Wickham camp. The chairboys are top of League Two, having only just avoided relegation this season. We all sort of gel so quickly. There's no clicks. You know, we're like a little family you know, on and off the field sort of thing. And, and it shows on the pitch, you know, we're willing to sort of go that extra yard for each other, work, you know, work to our maximum in every single game. And that's why we're doing well. The England defender Gary Cahill has paid tribute to Wayne Rooney, who will get his 100th cap when England plays Slovenia this weekend. Cahill says it's an incredible achievement by the England captain. Amazing player, amazing player. I remember when I was way back, you know, nowhere near any first team and yet he's played in the Premier League at such a young age. He's gone on to achieve unbelievable things in the game. He's won things. And you're looking at someone who's, you know, similar race to myself and he's coming up to 100 caps already. So, you know, he's relatively young for, or very young for someone who's reaching 100 caps. He's got many, many years in front of him, I feel. Just an amazing achievement. And finally, Sheffield United have confirmed they will allow convicted rapist Ched Evans to train with them following a request from the Professional Footballers Association. Evans, who was freed last month after serving two and a half years in prison, is due to start training today. That's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at seven o'clock. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's go through the celebrity jungle lineup. I turned okay. it down. I'm so, I, do you know what? I'm starting to think maybe I should have done it. Change of environment, break from here. Um, 
big stack of cash yeah. in the back pocket. Something to do. Kangaroos uh, testes. Beautiful. Thanks. Is that my nickname? <laughs> now, so I, I think this is a pretty poor celebrity lineup. Well, I don't know who that is, but I, I, I think I'm going to have a guess. Nadia Ford. I'm going to guess that she is, and this may be me being awful, and it may be um, a terrible slight on the sisterhood. I'm going to guess that she gets them out for a living. Uh, it's, we, you're looking in the, in the mail, and the mail doesn't really say who or what they are. Nadia Ford, she's an Irish singer. Uh, she was linked to golf ace Rory McIlroy. Uh, but insists she's single and up for jungle jiggery pokery. Oh, right. So she, oh, right. she I'm doesn't not, then, or she hasn't. I'm, I'm not going in looking for it, love, but I'm not against that. I just want to have lots of fun. Is it climb the Eiffel Tower? And watch a film. Watch a film up the Eiffel Tower. So she's in it. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Nadia. Vicky Michelle, what, 63 years old and still the sexiest French waitress that the resistance ever saw. Mm. Uh, so I know who she is. Craig Charles, we all know who he is, of yes, course. Yes. Um, Melanie Sykes. Yep, she's trouble. There's going to be some bikini action there. She's tr- Michael Burke. Beardy Burke. What's he doing that for? For for £100,000. Yeah, but... Well, I guess it's... Yeah, I guess. When was the last time he was on telly? Don't do telly now. 999. Mor- but that's not on anymore. Oh. He does the Moral Maze on Radio 4 and that's it. That'll do, won't it? And uh, Gemma Collins, I know because I've met her and she's lovely. That's it. Oh, Tinchy Strider, but I mean, he's rubbish. No. Who is Carl Fogarty? Um, Foggy is some sort of uh, athlete, is he not? He's a motorbike. He's a motorcyclist. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. is the guy that, um, that delivers lungs. He's not on there. <laughs> Jimmy Bullard. Who's Jimmy Bullard? A footballer. Ex- Who's Kendra footballer. Wilkinson? Um, she was one of Hugh Hefner's apparent girlfriends. It's a very, very poor lineup. I, I can see why they were so desperate for me to take part. But um, it, it really is very, very poor. I won't watch it. I can't commit to a programme every night. Can't be bothered. No. No, no I, you can give us your thoughts on that as well. I don't know, but here's, here's another... But we don't really talk about TV on this show. Here's another weird thing. So Christmas Day, OXO have very kindly and, and generously decided to screen the uh, OXO Christmas advert from, I think, 1984, um, starring Linda Bellingham. As a tribute to Linda Bellingham. Mm. Well, is it a tribute to Linda Bellingham, or is it a really good chance for OXO to A, get an advert on Christmas Day, B, get in all the newspapers this morning, C, have us talk about OXO? And D, not spend any extra money on it. Because, well, they've not got to film a new advert. Exactly. And you said earlier on, well, why didn't they give her a job in the last ten years? Yeah. It's That'd weird. be nicer, wouldn't it, for Linda? Listen, no advertising company um, spends a shed load of money on a Christmas Day advert because you got paid for the to, to screen it. That cost a fortune as a tribute to a dead actress. They're not doing it for that. They're doing it. So guess what, guys? We buy more Oxo. Also, she spoke publicly about wanting to make it to Christmas, and we all knew that that was what she was trying to aim to do. Do you think her family need that on Christmas Day? I don't know. Um, the news comes after hundreds of thousands of fans. Mm. Again, I, I, maybe this is too soon to say it. I'm going to say it. Hundreds of thousands of Linda Bellingham fans. Linda Bellingham was great. thought she was great. She was, she was a great actress. She did some cracking stuff. Could anyone really describe themselves with, as a Linda Bellingham fan? I, I don't... You're I think, a One Direction fan. You're th- an Al Pacino fan. Linda Bellingham fan? I think the book that she's written has got her a lot of um, publicity and a lot of fans at the moment. We, we liked her. 
I liked her. I, and, and, you know, anyone who has to go through what she went through, oh, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but... Fan, I don't know. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Premier Foods, which owns the OXO brand, said we will make a donation to Action Against Cancer, one of the charities supported by Linda, in line with the wishes of her. Family. How much? How much are you making? How much are you going to give? What's the difference? I just, I really think this is a, a, a um, uh, this is being portrayed as a warm, loving thing. It's not. It's a cold-hearted, cynical ploy to sell more OXO. I must admit, I'm leaning that way. Am I, am I being harsh on this? Am I wrong? If you think I'm wrong, 08459 555555. The other part of me thinks it'll be nice to see it because I liked those, those old ad- adverts. YouTube it. It'll be on YouTube. Oh, I know. Got anything else? Yeah, this this is, this is a bit of a shocker. One pensioner dies from cold every seven minutes. Shocking, 25,000 pensioners where, where will die from that? cold Sorry. this winter um, in England and Wales. You are having a laugh. No. In, this, in, in 2014 this exactly, happens? Exactly, exactly. Flipping heck. Maybe we should have a fundraiser for those people. I mean, really. Give us that statistic again. Well, I'm, I'm 25,000 pensioners will die from cold this winter with millions more worried they will not be able to afford to stay warm. One pensioner dies from cold every seven minutes. Can you hear that EDF? Can you hear that Southern Electric? Can you hear that all uh, N Power? Can you hear that all of you energy companies and you government? 25,000 old people are going to die? Each winter around two... I know, and it's 2014 this is. It's Dickensian, that figure. Each winter around 206 older people a day in England and Wales do not survive the bitter weather, the equivalent of one death every seven minutes. Those living in the coldest homes figure more in the statistics, according to Age UK, with 3.5 million fearing they will not afford to pay their heating bill. Uh, do you know, there's, there's literally nothing to say on the back of that. I think we should have a song. Uh, if you want to, 08459 455 555. But, but what can you say?
just wrong. You know, I, I've been impacted my picture. Operations. I don't really know I love Big Bob. I love Big Bob. I am not doing a bad move. Trevor. On the map. Trevor. Those crazy psychedelic beetles. Don't take drugs, kids. You were telling me that a friend of yours... What happened to a baby? A friend's baby? He uh, cut his foot on a cornflake. He cut his foot on a cornflake, dear listener. Little marshmallowy foot. It begs the question, what food have you injured yourself on? And I'm not, I'm not including the roof of your mouth being taken off by hot cheese from a pizza. Or a scrapey baguette. No, I'm not. Th- those are not included. Any external food injuries, please. 08459 455555. I did my wrist in with a... Um... No, it's not the same thing. I won't, I won't tell you. Well, let's hear the story. It, it kind of falls into the category of mi- middle-class mishaps. Oy. You know those um, oil drizzlers with the pointy end? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I slammed my arm down on one. That quite hurt. Half my fingernails off, guys. Yeah. If you want to see it, at Ian Lee on Twitter, half... Well, I'd say a, I'd say a, a quarter of the fingernail we're, is off. We're going to do an experiment, aren't they, with that, with that digit? The, we're going to see... I peeled some of my fingernail off, just, just for uh, oh. um, giggles. Uh, we're going to see how long it takes for a fingernail to grow back. The, the 12th of November, there is no fingernail down one quarter of my finger. Let's see what happens. OK. That's the state You of came up with a good idea that um, EDF... and Is it the EDF or... It, no, yes, not the EDL. The EDF and Southern Electricity and Empower and all those companies should do. Well, you know, uh, based on the, the um, principle of... Oxo putting the Linda Bellingham advert on. Why don't they all put an advert on at Christmas and give all the money to pensioners who can't afford to fund fund, fund their bills? Twenty five thousand old people are going to die in this country this year because they can't afford their heating, guys. One every seven minutes. And yet Bob Geldof doesn't the milk's dry squeezes that stone of band aid thirty years later to get more money for what's the money for this for time? Ebola. Is it for Ebola? Hey, mm. I mean Ebola's terrible. But, have you seen that picture of the map of Africa? Yeah, I have. How big Africa is, how tiny the, uh, per- the, the, the portion of Africa that's affected by Ebola. And it's terrible and it shouldn't terrible. be happening. But I kind of think um, um, we shouldn't let 25,000 old people die in this country because of the cold, shouldn't we? And I don't normally do that that whole uh, what, charity, charity begins, begins at, at home, home thing. But, 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 if it's your nan, your granddad, that we're, and we've, we've done this before, we've spoken to people over Christmas, uh, who are deciding whether they're going to eat today or whether they're going to turn the heating on for an hour, and they stay in bed all day so they don't get cold. Yeah. Ever wondered why old people often wear their coats in the summer? Because they feel the cold. They're storing the heat up for the winter. Well, possibly. That's what they're doing. But you know what? Charity isn't the answer. We need, it needs to, a long-term solution. So, yeah, we could all chuck money at it and feel good over Christmas. But actually, this is, this is wrong. This Energy is... companies need to pull their finger out of their bums and stop ripping us off when it comes to, uh, to electricity. And do you know what? I don't mind paying a little bit more because I can afford to if it means that people who can't afford it don't pay a little bit more. They pay a little bit less. So what do we do? What means test your electricity? I don't know. I, I don't know. Or do, you, or do you automatically give them a discount? Means test is my knee-jerk reaction, but let me think on it. 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The M1 southbound has a lane close between Junction 3 Junction 13 for Bedford and Junction 12 for Flitwick. And having a look in Luton on the speed sensors, it's starting to build up now on Dunstable Road from Castle Street. On the M25, it's queuing anti-clockwise between Junction 21A for St Albans and 20 for Kings Langley. But the M40 northbound has cleared the accident, has been moved on between Junction 6 for Watlington and Junction 7 for Tame, and it's moving well through there at the moment on the speed sensors. Having a look at the trains and the London Underground has the Piccadilly line suspended between Uxbridge and Rayner's Lane because of signal failure at Uxbridge that's also affecting the Metropolitan Line it's uh, suspended between Uxbridge and Hillingdon with severe delays between Harrow on the Hill and Hillingdon as well Samantha Breath BBC Three Counties Radio Uxbridge we've never been mentioned on this show so much 6.47 it is Wednesday the 12th of November I'm Ian Lee these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio people living near a recycling yard near St Albans say they fear the wood that's stored there could catch fire again Scientists at Stevenage-based Astrium and the Open University are waiting for their space probe to land on a comet this morning. And a mother from Aylesbury is calling on the government to provide free packed lunches for school children with allergies. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, we've got a cloudy start for the day for most of us, there are a couple of brighter spots but mostly fairly grey, there's also an area of showers, it's kind of a cluster of showers actually that has some heavy bursts within it moving north eastwards but it is brightening and settling down through the day, so by the afternoon it's much drier with sunny spells and quite breezy too, with highs of 13 degrees. Tonight we've got clear spells with just the odd isolated shower but uh, still fairly breezy uh, cooler than last night but still mild with lows of 8 degrees and and another cloudy start for tomorrow. In fact, cloudy for much of the day, with rain coming in from the southwest in the afternoon. Mostly light, though, with highs of 12 degrees. More rain for Friday, but Saturday and Sunday at the moment are looking slightly drier, with just some showers around. And that's your latest forecast. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... The wickedly funny Anne on, on Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> Do you know who the real Anne is? Great guests. Yes, the real Anne is an amalgam of all these things. We're all multifaceted. Jasper Carrot's career spans five decades. And then you had to wear a bow tie and you had to do jokes about silly Irishmen and, and, and mother-in-laws. John Cleese is eating his microphone, aren't you, John Cleese? Delicious. Great music. Ow! In fact, I don't even think it had the horn part then. Great conversations. I always have said throughout my career, you know, you get me on board, I'll give you 100%. Have you still got it, Billy Ocean? Well, the audience seems to think... Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Have you still got it, Justin Dealey? I have indeed. Good morning, boss. Good morning to you, my love. Mm. Lynn in Hemel wants our help, and this I brought you in because it's a musical question, isn't it, Lynn? It's a bit. Oh. Yes. You sound as miserable as me. <laughs> no, I had a flu jab yesterday, so oh. I think I've got man flu. Oh, blood. Everyone's. I'm losing my voice again. Kath, say something. I think I'm losing my voice too. She's losing her voice. Jonathan's losing her voice. I'm Marty. I'm in a terrible mood. What's going on? Jonathan's losing her voice. I thought she was a man. No. Clean your ear holes out. (laughs) Well, though, well, Well, Lynn, you said said you got man flu. You're a woman. I've done, Justin. I want to talk to you as well about this. Okay. Um, First thing, I'm calling. I've been taking for four years. You haven't done what? Peking for four years. You haven't been to Peking for what? Heating. Are you what? saying heating, Lynn? Yes, heating. What? Sheeting? 
God. Oh, I can't hear what she's saying. Heating. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, I didn't phone about that. Okay. What I phoned about is a. Oh, so many congratulations to you all. What for? You won an award, didn't well, yeah, you? Well, yeah, why are you congratulating everyone? I won the award. No, but you're nothing without the team, are you? Oh, um, owned. Oh, hurts. Well, the, 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 how's he going to deal with this one, Jess? I'm, I'm going to deal with it with, with honesty and facts. Oh, she just bent you over, pulled down your pants, and spanked your backside. Lynn. Yeah, but I quite like things like that, so that's not going to help. Lynn, Lynn, well, no, 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 Lynn. Let, let, am I allowed to come back on that pony ship? Yeah. Okay. Uh, won two awards the other night. I uh, know a gold and a. Silver, I think. Correct, that's correct, that's correct. Now, the gold was for best presenter, so that's me. Well, I'm sorry, but... The silver was for, for bre- best breakfast show, so we're only the second best breakfast show. That's the team, well yeah, done team. You, you might want to listen to Toby Fosser, he's really good. Uh, that's the... <laughs> well, what I'm trying to say... The, the presenter a... is me, that's purely, purely down to me. Nothing to do with Justin, nothing to do with Kelly, and nothing to do with Kathy. It's purely down no. to me. If it weren't for them, you wouldn't do, you wouldn't be there. Anyway, no, I'm calling no, about. No, I, 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 I would, Lynn. <laughs> apparently, you, 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 might well start, you might as well start giving credit to the boring callers that phone up with earworms. Oh, excuse me, Sorry? I am a boring caller with earworms. Oh, have you got an earworm? I didn't realise. I'll oh, go on. That's a coincidence. What I'm trying to. Oh, God, you're so infuriating. Yeah, go on. What I'm trying to say is just, that's it. Sorry? 24 hours from Tulsa. Why are you trying to say that? Darling. What are you talking about? I, I, because that's one of my earworms. But why, uh, but why are you mentioning it now? Because you're playing it. No, I'm not. Well, somebody's playing it. I'm not playing anything. Not, we don't do music when we've got phone calls. That'll be rude, Lynn. Well, you're always rude, so that's nothing new, is it? Oh. <laughs> she Another really, one. She, she <laughs> back to the spanking. Hashtag owning. So what's your what's your beef with Gene Pitney? I love him to bits. I was no, but I'm talking earworms. Kelly yeah. and I had a conversation yesterday, yeah. and she said you get Justin in about this time. And he's a real whiz, isn't he, on music? And I wanted to ask: Do other people get these earworm things where I can't sleep? Sorry. That's it as well. Kenny what? Rogers. What about Kenny Rogers? Take your love to town, Ruby. They're my two current earworms. Do you want a top tip, Lynn? Sorry? I'll give you a top tip on getting rid of earworms. What's that? This is something a music publisher told me once because he often gets them because he has to listen I to music. I think I know music. what this is. Go on. You've got to um, go through it from the beginning to oh. the end. Oh. My one Don't was just you... get stuck on the. My tip no, was. No, but I do that, Catherine. I go. I can sing all of. 24 hours from Tulsa. Go on, then. Well, I can't because my voice is really crap. Oh, so is Gene Pitney's. Ooh. What? Dearest, ownership. Dearest, darling, I have to write to say that I won't be home anymore because something happened to me when I was driving home. Blah, blah, blah. I was only... 24 hours from from your arm. I hate to do this to you. Well, I hate to do this to you, but I've got to cut you off. Because Kev's in Northampton. Morning, Kev. Hey, morning, Ian. What have you got for us, boss? 
I painful, just wanted isn't it? to comment on that gold award that you won for uh, the presenter. Best presenter, yeah. Well, huh? did you actually win it? Did it actually say this is for Ian Lee, the best presenter, or was it for the person that fills the time slot between six and nine in the morning on uh, Three Counties? Because you must admit, I mean, you have been a bit croaky over the last couple of weeks. Oh, and, uh, oh, 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 and probably yes, next I mean, week. I pwned you. Mm. No, you don't. Don't pwned me. Don't, don't put the callers like that You're being pwned left, right and centre this don't, morning. Don't put callers like that through, Kelly, for goodness. Kevin's banned from calling in and from listening, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, Justin. Yeah. What have you got? What have you got? Oh. What, what have you got, Kath? Um. Do we do the uh, he- heating and eating thing? Let's do the heating and eating thing. Is that right with you, Jess? Yeah, yeah, you were talking about it a moment ago, saying that how many people are, are expected to die because of the the cold, because people can't afford to, to heat their homes? 25,000 old people wow. are going to die this year in this country. One every yep. seven minutes. Because they can't afford their heating, and yet, and yet, and yet, Bob Geldof is bothering to do <sighs> another Band-Aid. Do you know what? I, I know that, that obviously, and again, I heard you a few moments ago, I know that, that at the moment to, to raise money to, to fight Ebola, that's very, very important. But for me personally, I would prefer to, to raise money again for people in this country, uh, like those people you're talking about there, who could lose their lives because they can't afford to heat their home. That's happening in this country right now. Um, we should be looking after those people. But it, it needs a long-term solution, though, doesn't it? It's not just about one charity single. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely, it does. The, the, everything needs a long-term solution because the, this problem about people heating their homes won't just be this year. Um, we'll be here next year reading the newspapers and, again, we'll be talking about the same stories. Justin, can you take it to the streets for us? Absolutely, boss. Thank you very much. See you later. Ta-ta.
BBC Three Counties Radio. Whenever my boys hear this song, they go, ah, last train to Fartsville. Oh, no respect for the classics. 08459 455 555. We're talking about the fact that 25,000 old people might die this year because they can't afford the heating. There should be a question, but I don't quite know what the question is. I suppose it's what. Let's start with what should we do? There we go. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 13 for Bedford and 12 for Flitwick. Having a look at the M25 anti-clockwise, it's queuing between Junction 21A for St Albans and 20 for Kings Langley. And on the Barnet Bypass, it's queuing between the Stirling Corner southbound towards Mill Hill Circus. Having a look at the speed sensors in High Wycombe and the A40 Oxford Road, there is a lane closed there for roadworks in both directions at Oxford Street, but that's not causing too many delays at the moment. That could get busy later on, though. On the trains, the London Underground has some Delays from Uxbridge, Piccadilly Line, and the Metropolitan Line are affected. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. You're being very funny on Twitter, you lot, this morning. We all sound a bit phlegmy, according to Scott. And a great tweet from Tim. We'll get to it after the news with Lee. Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines concern that a recycling yard in Hertfordshire could catch fire again. Scientists from the three counties prepare for a comet landing and a burglar from Sandy caught with his socks off. BBC Three Counties Radio. Two years after a major fire near the M1 at St Albans, people living nearby say it's another accident waiting to happen. The blaze at the Apspond Lane recycling yard took three months to put out. Owners Navitas have until today to remove 10,000 tonnes of waste wood. But resident Susan Slaughter says nothing is happening. Most of the residents are very worried because the same thing could happen again. It's just an accident waiting to happen. Um, And we're sort of living on a knife edge, just waiting really, because nothing seems to be done to get the wood moved. Scientists at Stevenage-based Astrium and the Open University are awaiting their space probe to land on a comet more than 300 million miles from Earth. After a 10-year journey, the lander is due to make its descent onto the icy surface. Professor Monica Grady from the Open University says the probe will immediately send back information. When Feli lands, we're going to be there in contact with it. We're going to know not just what it looks like, but we're going to know what it feels like. We're really going to know its temperature its composition. It's, it's mind-blowing. A woman from Aylesbury wants the government to fund pack lunches for her daughter who has food allergies and can't have free school meals. Free meals were brought in for primary school children in September, but Lola Wertheim can't eat eggs, nuts, dairy, wheat or fish. Her mother, Lindsay, says there ought to be a system for children who suffer allergic reactions. She's basically discriminated against for a medical condition. It's a universal scheme. It's meant to apply to all children. Allergies are not, you know, uncommon. And basically, she's excluded because of of medical reasons. And I don't think that's fair. A burglar from Sandy has been jailed for four years after police tracked him down through his socks. Jamie Peck wore socks on his hands to avoid leaving fingerprints, but left them behind at the scene. Gail Sanderson reports. 
Peck had broken into a house in May while the owners were away, but was forced to jump out of a first-floor window when the son came back to check on it. He left the socks behind. They contained his DNA and police tracked him down. The 36-year-old from Winchester Road in Sandy was found guilty of burglary at the house in Home Court in Biggleswade. Luton Crown Court heard he had 41 previous convictions going back to 1996. In sport, Andy Murray beat Milos Ronic in straight sets to keep his World Tour finals hopes alive at the O2 Arena in London. And the weather will be cloudy this morning with showery rain at times. Brightening up this afternoon, though, top temperatures around 13 degrees Celsius. That's 55 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. Time to raid your attic and dust off your records. Andy Chesham's here to value your vinyl. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From seven. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, guys. In the BBC Three Counties Radio, wasn't it mild this morning? It was cold in my bedroom, but when I stepped out, it was mild. Was it mild where you were? It was quite mild, yeah. Mild. I had my coat on mine, so yep. I, didn't, I didn't test yep. the mildness. Nope. Maybe I should do that. Yep. Well, you, well, you still have flesh exposed, don't you? Uh, let me go stick my arm out. Well, well, what? I'll just check it now. Wait, wait, now? Okay, we'll wait. It's what? Really mild. Is it yeah. mild? It's mild though, isn't it? Isn't it mild though? This time of year. Yeah. Very mild. I think so. Mild. Thank you, Kath. We do this stuff for you. Toby Foster wouldn't be doing this stuff. We wouldn't get Toby Foster sending a member of his production team out to go and check how mild it was. He's a gold. Coming up, massive wood piles, raging allergies, and a whopping great probe. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Finally, finally, I got a PPI call. Oh, I've, nev- really? I've never had a PPI call. Right. I've never had one. Yeah. They phoned me on my mobile and it was this young, young woman. Can I speak to uh, Mr. Rougey, please? Uh, yeah, OK, go on. Uh, yeah, well, you uh, could be in line for thousands of pounds with uh, making a claim on PPI and stuff like that. You're out of breath, aren't you? No, I'm hungry. It's a similar emotion. Then why are you breathing heavy? For food? I don't think I'm very well. Oh, gosh. You've been very brave about it. I know. She said, uh, you are, um, uh, you could be entitled to thousands of pounds. I said, I think you got the wrong number. And she said, and this is what got me angry, I don't think I have. I said, yeah, I, th- I think you do. She says, I don't think I have. Oh, because really? you could be entitled to thousands of pounds. I said, do you know what? You can go and get that money for me if you want. Okay, well, and then you can spend it because I'm not interested. Oh, that was bold. Yeah, she said. Oh, 
Right, well, if you're going to be like that, she hung up on me. Yeah, I'm going to be like that. You're yeah. going to be like that. Do they teach them that in the uh, how to address people when you've you've rung them up? One of the most annoying calls. I don't. I don't think it was PPI. It was something. It was because it was, it's on the mobile. Makes me angrier. Guy, hello, sir. Yeah, I hate that. Hello, sir. You could be uh, a nine. You, you have you been involved in an accident recently? No, I haven't. Well, you could. Uh, we have on our records. You, you have, and you could be in line for thousands of pounds. I said, I tell you what, mate. Do you know what? I'm really busy with the kids. So could you jog on, sir? There's no need to be like that. You could be uh, entitled to. I said, do you know what? You can sit those thousands of pounds right up your Harris. Wow. Well, sir, really, you could be. I just. I don't know. In those scenarios, do you get the feeling that someone else is listening and they're sort of having a bit of a laugh? I get the feeling that they, they're used to it and they're, they're, um, they're having a bit of fun, a bit of fun. Here's a tip. If you're a cold... I wouldn't want to do that job for, well, X number of pounds. I wouldn't want to do that job, full stop, cold yeah. calling. But don't ring me up when you don't know me and ask me how I am. Yeah. That immediately gets on my wick. Same my wife just left me. <laughs> I've got a rope here and I just don't know what to do. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, sir. You could be entitled to thousands of pounds. You You're doing it in the game show voice. Well, Look at these ma- special prizes. In many ways, life is a game show, isn't it, guys? Isn't oh, it, though? Sorry? Isn't it, though? Isn't it? And we're the losers. <laughs> oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Uh, now, two years on from a major fire near the M1 at St Albans, people living next to the site say it's another accident waiting to happen. If you've been listening for a while, you'll remember this. The blaze at Apps Pond Lane took three months to put it out uh, and left its closest neighbours without power and water. Well, Justin, you remember it because you were there pretty much every day for those three months, weren't you? I was. It was um, absolutely horrendous. Um, I'm back here this morning. It's just my junction eight of the motorway, the M1. And Ian, I've got to be honest with you, it looks exactly the same to well, me. The Environment Agency has given owners Navitas until today, until today, they've got, they've got today, yep. to remove 10,000 tonnes of waste wood. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It, well, it's not going to happen, and I've lost the statement, but Navitas um, came up with a great... Oh, here we go, here we go. Navitas, uh, have, uh, in relation to Navitas, having until today to clear the wood, the Environment Agency says... The temporary enforcement position expires today. They are considering a new position statement which will be valid for a further period of time. AKA, we'll give them longer. Mm. Flip it. What is the point of having a deadline if at the end of the deadline you go, oh, go on then, have a bit longer, instead of finding them, closing them, enforced uh, uh, taking over of that property? What's the point? It's incredible. I mean, this morning, if if you're thinking, well, they've got until today to clear this, um, as you drive past the site, um, piles and piles of wood, what, 30-foot piles of wood we're talking about here, and the gates are locked. So, uh, from what I can see, there's no activity at all happening here this morning. Um, With me in the radio car is Ian Markwell. Ian is the District Commander for Hearts fire and rescue uh ian welcome to the program it looks exactly the same to me what 30 30 foot piles of wood nothing's changed has it uh yes it has yes we we have made progress with the operators and the environment agency and there's considerably less wood on site now than there was even six months ago really yes okay, so inside that plant right now then people driving past a bit like me i'm sure wouldn't have noticed any change how many tons of wood are still inside that plant then uh estimates for the environment agencies are that it's around 10,000 tons of wood still on site and today that's going nowhere is it uh very unlikely to clear it today you know that'd be a physical impossibility but hopefully we'll uh, we'll see some progress and see some of that clearing before the end of the year number of local residents are still very concerned that a fire could happen here again. How could a fire happen here at this plant? 
Uh, well, certainly, yeah, we could face the same sort of circumstances that we faced a couple of years ago with uh, the large piles of wood decomposing, breaking down, much as it would with your, your garden compost at home. Heat builds up inside that until it reaches a point of uh, self-ignition temperature and spontaneously combusts. So, yes, it could happen again. How concerned are you about this? Uh, we are concerned, but what some of the work we've done with the operators and that's gone on recently is, is breaking the piles down within the site into smaller piles so they're more manageable and there's now regular temperature monitoring going on of those piles so we're aware of when they are warming up. People are concerned, you're concerned, a couple of years ago, just remind our listeners of the resources that, that were used to fight this huge fire here, which, which everyone could have seen, of course, from the M1. Yeah, we had uh, huge numbers of firefighters up here at the time. Probably over the, the weeks we were here dealing with the fire, hundreds of firefighters and, and dozens of fire engines here dealing with that fire. And it's going to be turned into a biomass plant. I'm sure that you've seen the plans for that. Um, are you happy with those plans? Uh, well, certainly what I've seen of it from the biomass plant, that'll be far safer than the current situation we have here. It'll be far better controlled, sm uh, far smaller piles of timber we'd have there, and it would be better regulated. So, yes. And just lastly, when do you think things will go back to normal here? I Ian was talking about this in the intro, saying they've got until today to get rid of this. It's going nowhere. When do you think we're going to be back here again, Ian? Best buddies here. <laughs> back here again, seeing all that wood removed. Realistically, when do you think that's going to happen? Uh, I, I think that's still a, a, a period of months before we'd see that site completely cleared, yes. Months? Yes. Even though they've got until today, you're saying months. Ah, well, it's certainly not going to happen today, but it, it would take a while to actually produce that into a, a substance that can be removed. Wow. There you go, boss. Uh, Ian Markwell joining us live from Hearts Fire and Rescue. We're not talking today. Mm. We are talking months down the line. And, of course, uh, two years on from... Uh, from, from the scenes here, which, which were absolutely shocking. 25, 30-foot flames. Uh, a lot of people had uh, no power, no water. Uh, for everyone concerned here locally, it was a nightmare. And after 8 o'clock this morning, we are going to be talking live to one of those local residents. I'm assuming the, the uh, burger van's not there anymore. There, there, there was a, <laughs> someone selling bacon butties when you uh, two years ago, yeah, wasn't there? do you know what? I've got to say, Ian Mark, well, the bacon butties here two years ago, they were fantastic, weren't they? Where's, where's the bacon butties this morning? Not quite the same, is it, today, no? you and I, Justin, and that's it, I'm afraid. Every, cl every cloud, eh? Every yeah, cloud. absolutely. <laughs> Justin, excellent stuff. Thank you, thank you, Ian. 08459 455555. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. What texts what texts we got? Got quite a lot. Um, this one's an interesting one from Jay and Luton. Hi guys, just Morning, got, Jay. I dropped you a text about the utilities companies. This is the um, statistic in in the Daily Express this morning that, according to I think it's Age UK, isn't it? Let's have a little look. They're, but the figure is that, that an old person will die every seven minutes. Twenty-five thousand old people will die. Here we go. One pensioner dies from cold every seven minutes. A shocking twenty. Here we go. Uh, a shocking 25,000 pensioners will die from cold this winter, with millions more worried they'll not be able to afford to stay warm. Each winter, around 206 older people a day in England and Wales. That's just England and Wales. That's not Northern Ireland and Scotland. Each winter, around 206 older people a day in England and Wales do not survive the bitter weather, the equivalent of one death every seven minutes. That's from Age UK, yeah. So we're asking this morning, what do Flipping we do? Egg. What do we do? What do we do? Because I feel we should talk about it, but but what can you say apart from that's disgusting? I, I, there has to be something we can do, but what is it? 
Well, here's something. This is what uh, Jay of Luton says. The utility companies drive me mad. It, it drives me out thinking about it. They could quite easily drop standing charges and cut back bills for a third for OAPs if they make enough profit. I keep a check on an old family friend. She's 83 and on her own with her pension. Um, she has her food bill. She pays the gas, electric and telephone bills. And when I go to pay them for her, I'd normally pay one of my own back. Uh, one off my own back to make sure she's got money and she's not left with an overdraft bill. I honestly believe charity should begin at home at this moment in time and once we've sorted out our own country and looking after elderly, sick and disabled and homeless and put our national health back on track, we can start worrying about other countries. Uh, mm. Most of these elderly people have worked all their lives and paid into this country. It's now that we should be repaying them. I don't like the charity, but thank you for that. I don't like the charity begins at home line, though. Charity, it, you know, if it's important, it's humans, important. Aren't we? Yeah, exactly. I, they, they are dodgepots, uh, a lot of these energy companies. I won't say what mine is, but I got my bill the other day. I thought, flipping that, that's a little bit more expensive. I thought, we've been really, really careful the last few months. I thought, that's a bit expensive. So I went and read the meters. And one of the meters, the, the gas meter, was completely out. They'd, they'd completely gone over the top. So I phoned them up. I said, oh, you've got the, the meter reading wrong. They said, oh, no, we can't have, because it, it's not an estimate. This is a reading. Someone came and read it. I said, well, he's, the fellow's read it wrong. Yeah. Um, what do we do about this? They said, OK, well, you, you, you need to pay this bill, and then what will happen is, um, over time, you won't get charged. Oh, yeah. Because what they, do, they don't want to do is give you your money back. Yeah. What they'll do is keep it, I said, I said, and charge you less, they say, but it never works yeah. out that way. I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pay the bill. They said, well, the bill is overdue, so if you pay the bill... I said, no, you've massively... It was like the second number was one... So when it's like, it's like three... It was three, two, five, six instead of three. Anyway, it was, it was a lot. Uh, and I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pay it now. I said, you, how long will it take to get a new bill? Oh, it'll be 21 days since we need the money. And I just said, do you know what? I'm not paying it. You send me the bill. I will pay the revised bill. I'm not going to give you money that is, is not yours. Plus, by the way, it's your mistake. Yeah. So they're, they're complete dodgepots. Well, I don't know what we do. What do we do? 08459 four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound has a lane closed between Junction 13 for Bedford and 12 for Flittick, but it's not looking too bad on the speed sensors towards Luton, a little bit slow. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's queuing between Junction 21 for St Albans and 20 for Kings Langley. Having a look elsewhere in the A1 Barnet Way, the Barnet Bypass is queuing between the... Sterling Corner and the Mill Hill Circus. In Ruxton on the A1 Great North Road, there are roadworks going on to the Black Cat Roundabout, so that's likely to get very busy later on this morning as we get into the morning rush. There's no major problems on the trains, but the London Underground has the Metropolitan Line with minor delays between Harrow on the Hill and Hillingdon. Samantha Ruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, 7.17 or thereabouts. It's Wednesday the 12th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There's concern that thousands of tonnes of wood, which should have been removed from a recycling yard by the M1, could catch fire again. A space probe, partly designed by Stevenage-based Astrium and the Open University, will attempt to land on a comet today. And a mother from Aylesbury wants the government to provide free packed lunches for school children with allergies. 08459 455 555 BBC Three Counties Radio Every weekday morning 
Local opinions. Well, I think it's a very difficult uh, proposition. You really cannot l- allow your heart to rule your head. Local stories. I wanted to call my house Hardcore Mansions. They refused that on two separate occasions. I wasn't leaving the house through the fear as to what I would find when I came back. Local life. I bought a car within three months. It's... They said that the deposit would be forthcoming. It wasn't. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, an Aylesbury mum says the government should pay for her daughter's packed lunches because she can't eat the free meals dished up at school. I'd have to get your thoughts on this. What do you uh, uh, do? You think they should? Because kids at school now, primary school age, get free. Lunches, don't they? That was that was uh, Nick Clegg's big thing. whoop de doo So kids get free lunches. This girl can't have uh, the, the, the free lunches. Low the weir time because she can't have contact with eggs, nuts, dairy, wheat, soya, fish, or even tomatoes. No tomatoes for her. I could live without tomatoes. I've developed a taste for tomatoes in later life, but I was never bothered before. A cherry tomato cut up in a cheese sandwich is delicious, mm. but I could live without... It live adds pep to your cheese on toast. Yeah, it certainly does, but you don't need it. But the others are slightly What about more. your spaghetti? Well, yeah, fair play, fair play. What do you think? Do you, do you think this mum is right in pursuing free pack lunches for Lola? 08459 555. Well, Dr Adam Fox is a consultant paediatric allergist at Guy's and St Thomas's Hospital. There are a lot of long words there for this time of the morning, Adam. Thank you for joining me. How common are allergies, serious allergies like this in young children? Um, they're actually pretty common. Um, it's estimated that somewhere around 5 or 6% of young children in the UK have got some form of food allergy. The most common ones are milk and egg, and the good thing about those two is that usually kids outgrow them. But nut allergies are pretty common as well, and unfortunately most kids with nut allergies will keep those allergies up until adulthood. What's changed, Adam? Because I, in the 70s, when I grew up, people could eat anything. You didn't really hear about these kind of things. You didn't hear about them, but they were around. It was just really unusual. I, I can remember when I was at school um, that there was one kid in the whole school of 1,500 kids with a peanut allergy, and everybody knew about it because it was so unusual, whereas now pretty much every classroom in the country will have somebody with a food allergy. So things have changed, and it's not just that we know more about them and that people recognise them better. There's really good evidence to show that there are more food allergies. I'm, I'm going to say something that may sound stupid, Adam, but well, I hope you better... How do you get a peanut allergy? Is it the mum eating loads of peanuts when she... She's pregnant. No, there was a time where we thought that might be the problem. Okay. And you, you, a few years ago, there was public health advice suggesting that mums might like to avoid peanuts during pregnancy and breastfeeding. But it turns out that that doesn't seem to make so, any difference. So where do these allergies come from then? Well, with peanut allergy in particular, our understanding is that during infancy, and this is particularly in children who have got eczema, because it's kids who have eczema in the first year of life that tend to get the food allergies, ah. that when they're in a household and other people are eating lots of things with peanuts, so for example, peanut butter, then they're touching, they're kissing the baby, the peanut protein is getting onto the skin. That seems to be what predisposes you to getting a peanut allergy. However, there's also evidence that suggests that if your infant starts eating things with peanuts in pretty early, that might actually prevent them from developing peanut allergies. Hang on, you can, you can get... Uh, children can get peanut... This sounds incredible. Can get peanut allergies from being kissed by someone who's gobbled a load of nuts? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's as simple as saying 
somebody just comes along, no. kisses the baby, and that's it. They've got peanut allergy. No. But generally speaking, the kids who are most likely to get peanut allergy seem to be the ones who have got the eczema, yeah. but are in a household where lots of peanuts is being consumed. Isn't that interesting? Particularly when the infant themselves is not eating anything with peanut in. That seems to be the big risk. Lola here, as far as we know, is allergic allergic to eggs, nuts, dairy, wheat, soya, fish, tomatoes. Not just allergic to it. She can't actually touch it, let alone eat it. Uh, and there are potentially more things. That sounds a little extreme. Well, with every, with every type of disease, there's a spectrum of severity you know, for everybody with, um, you know, there's far more kids who have just got a straightforward single egg or a milk allergy, but there are children who have multiple food allergies. And, and certainly my clinics at St. Thomas's are full of children who have got lots and lots of different food allergies. And when you've got that many, it makes life extremely difficult. Well, yeah, how, how, is a family, how is a family supposed to cope? Well, unfortunately, it takes an enormous amount of planning yeah. um, and organisation to, 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 keep, to keep the kids safe all the time. But it's, but it's doable. Um, and every day, I meet families who are, are an enormous inspiration in um, the efforts and, and the success they've had in ensuring that their kids have normal lives but manage to stay safe, even in the context of having lots of food allergies. And in the case, this case of this young lady that's now going to school, it must be an extra worry for the parents because... It's out of their hands and that they are in an environment where people may not be so aware of, of what the problems are. I think it's a, it's a real challenge for parents when their kids get to school age because they've always been in control and they know that they are absolutely um, on the case of making sure that that child doesn't have any of the foods they're allergic to and then suddenly they have to send them off to a new environment where they, they, they just can't feel that everybody else is taking as much care as they would have done at keeping their child safe, and that, that must be very, very difficult. Are schools doing enough, do you think, Adam? What, what are parents telling you? Well, it's very variable. Um, there are some fabulous examples of schools who take it very seriously, who really make, you really go the extra mile at ensuring that that child remains um, part of the school community as far as is possible, but is still being kept safe, whereas unfortunately, and, uh, and I have to say it is less often than, than perhaps a few years ago, we still f- hear examples where um, the school just aren't as helpful as they could be and it makes it very, very difficult for the family. Uh, but are, there will be some people listening, Adam, who kind of go, oh, allergies, yeah, right. Because there, there are so many... Whenever you go to... Um, if you go past a health food shop, they'll always say, come in, free allergy testing. And I know people who've done that, and they've come out with a list of 265 things that they're apparently allergic to. Do we, do we kind of jump to, to, to labelling something as allergies a little bit too early? Um, certainly from, from the medical perspective, um, allergy is an extremely well-defined um, condition and, and, it's, and it's very serious. Um, there is still, um, out, particularly in the complementary and alternative sector, um, a little bit of a tendency to blur those lines mm. um, and start, um, and, and a lot of the testing you're talking about has absolutely no science behind it whatsoever. I mean, it's, you know, it's just straight quackery. Um, and people are given all these diagnoses and they go on very, very difficult restriction diets and have absolutely no genuine benefit from it. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of rubbish out there um, and that is extremely frustrating for um, families whose children have got genuine allergies because when you've got the real deal um, it's, it's very serious and it's important that it's managed properly and I think everybody feels that how seriously that's taken is diluted by all of these other things that are going on around the peripheries. And I, I get the suggestion of course is if you're worried go to a proper doctor. And, Absolutely. And is it when you're testing, again this may sound like a silly question, when you're testing to see what a child's allergic to is it simply a case of right we're going we're to eat some cheese now to see if you're allergic to you. You're going to eat a carrot now to see if... It, do, you, do you give them the thing that they might be allergic to? Well, sometimes it's the only 
way to find out for sure, but that's not wow. how we would routinely test. So right. there's two types of reliable allergy testing. One involves um, a blood test, and the other is what we call a skin prick test, where a small amount of the food you're allergic to is gently scratched into the surface of the skin. However, it's not, they're not simple tests that say, yes, you're allergic to that, and no, you're not allergic to that. They can come up with sometimes quite, um, quite difficult to interpret numbers that need somebody who is experienced um, at working out what they mean. And what they mean very much depends on what um, the previous experience of exposures that food has been with the child. Yeah. So you can't simply send off a blood test and be told what you're allergic to. It needs a careful, detailed medical history, doing the allergy test, and then putting those two things together um, to, get, to get a sensible answer. Adam, I've really enjoyed talking to you this morning. Absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you very much indeed, Dr Adam Fox, consultant paediatric allergist. Why am I struggling to say? Can you say that for me, Catherine? A consultant paediatric allergist. Thank you yes. very much indeed. At Guy's and St Thomas's Hospital. He was great, wasn't he? He was so good. Wasn't he fascinating? Yeah, can we keep him? Yeah, well, he, he's ours. Mark's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Mark. Hi, yeah. What you got for us, boss? Yeah, it's about the um, part one she's going, going into school. I actually deliver for a different local authority than the one that you're talking about. Oh, yes. And um, what, what, what I deliver into the school is the, the school submits to the contractor how many pupils they've got to cater for. Right. And there's a choice of two different sandwiches and there's a choice of two different desserts. So you deliver, but, you deliver meals and sandwiches to schools, just for those I who don't actually, know. I, yeah, but for a different authority, though. Right. But the thing is, there is actually... A, a, Every now and then, there's days where there's actually a third type of sandwich that we take in. Oh. Um, and it's just, you know, we just need one of them. And, it, and I'm assuming that that's in a situation where you have got someone with an allergy or something that where they can't have either of the two that were on the normal menu. What's on the special but, sandwich? Um, I, I can't remember offhand. Yeah, but the... Uh, the, the main the main one is like you have you have people who can't eat certain types of meat and things. Yeah. So they have an alternative. But so that would be that might be for religious reasons. Yeah, exactly. But now, now that's why there's always a choice yeah. of two. Yeah. But then the, the third one, I'm assuming it is in a situation where the school has to inform the contractor that there's an allergy, and therefore because of that, they actually have their own sandwich made up and Mark, send them the normal delivery. Should you do you think that the government should be paying for free packed lunches for this girl? Oh. I won't pass the real We lost you there, Mark. We, we didn't get your political uh, point of view, but thank you very much uh, indeed. Mark reminded me of something I was going to say, and um, I've completely forgotten what it was. it was. It was a good point as well. I was going to make a really good, strong point. I want to talk about special sandwiches. Go on then. Right. If you've got a child with an. I mean, my uh, daughter's got a friend who's can't The eat best sandwich. Jam butty, isn't it? No. The best sandwich Marks and Spencer's ever did. And this is why Marks and Spencer's is going bust, because they're idiots. Grated cheese and apple. Oh. Why did you stop doing that? Why did you stop doing that? Mark and, and Spence, why did you stop doing that? Best but, sandwich ever. Sorry, back but to But people point. with a dairy allergy would have a problem. They'd be all right with the apple bit, but they'd have to pick the cheese out. I think. I remembered my point. It's a good point. Carry on. The catch-all might be the jam butter. You know, if you've got an awkward kid coming round I for tea. I don't like jam in a sandwich. Why not? Some kids are allergic to jam in it. Soggy. Too much soggy, thank you. Too much sugar. What are you talking about, soggy? The soggy your, sandwiches. Your application's all wrong. I tell you what. You know religion, right? I'm aware of it, yeah. It's nuts, isn't it? Well, well imagine not it's being... very helpful to a number of people. No, but imagine not being able to eat a certain type of meat because of the religion you are. Mm. I mean, there was a reason for it, a practical reason like back thousands, in the day. Thousands mm. of years ago. What, what meats are there? So Jewish people can't eat pork. 
Can they eat anything? Or shellfish. Can they? Oh, they like, can't eat anything with a cloven hoof. The shellfish is because, hey guys, they used to live in the desert, mm. and so it would take like weeks for the shellfish to get there. By that be time, off. it'd be rancid. The cloven hoof thing. Can they, so they can't eat any pig, any part of the pig. Nope. Uh, um, and in fact, jelly. I had a friend, a Jewish friend of mine, said gelatine. she couldn't eat, she couldn't eat mm. haribos. But I think haribos have changed now. I don't know. And have they changed? I, d- I don't know, mate. I imagine they have. And Mus- what can't Muslims eat? Same. They can't. I thought they couldn't. They're eat- all people of the book. It's all about the cloven hoof. They're all people of the book. That's what it's called. That's what it's referred to. Is it really? I've yeah. never heard that phrase. Yeah, Who but- can't eat beef? Is there someone that can't eat beef? Is it pork? No, he's going on about beef now. What? What's your beef? Exactly. Have I just dreamt that? Yeah. Oh, I think it. so. Anyway, I think it's bonkers. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, hearts, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's still a lane closed between Junction 13 for Bedford and 12 for Flittick. It's not looking too bad on speed sensors, but a little bit slow heading towards Luton. In Brickettwood, on the A405 North Orbital Road, it's queuing around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout and just in that place on the M25 as well, anti-clockwise, it's queuing between Junction 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. Having a look at the cameras on the motorways, and it is looking a bit wet out there, so take care. In Watford, the Exchange Road is looking busy around Upton Road, and on the A1 Great North Road. There are roadworks going on around the Black Cat roundabout, so expect that to get busy shortly. On the trains, the Metropolitan Line has minor delays between Hillingdon and Harrow on the Hill because of a signal failure earlier on. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, people living near a recycling yard by the M1 in Hertfordshire say they're worried it could catch fire again. The owners of the site at Abspond Lane have until today to remove 10,000 tonnes of waste wood. Scientists at Stevenage-based Astrium and the Open University are waiting for their space probe to land on a comet. After a 10-year journey, the Rosetta spacecraft's lander will start making its descent in an hour's time. A mother from Aylesbury is calling on the government to provide free packed lunches for schoolchildren with allergies. Lindsay Wertheim's daughter can't eat the free school meals that were introduced this year in case she suffers an allergic reaction. The weather will be cloudy this morning with showery rain at times brightening up this afternoon though. Top temperatures around 13 degrees Celsius. That's 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tennis first, and Andy Murray has beaten Milos Ronic in straight sets to keep his World Tour finals alive at the O2 Arena in London. Spins this one onto the big forehand of Ronic, who hits the baseline. No, he doesn't. He's gone long. Ronic defeated in the end as Murray stays alive at the ATP World Tour finals. Well, we're going to have a Hawkeye replay. It might not be all over yet, you know. It was a big forehand by Ronic, and it is out. They shake hands, the two players. On to football and the Wiccan Wanderers striker Paul Hayes says the reason they're doing so well this season is due to the spirit in the Wickham camp. The chairboys are top of League Two, having only just avoided relegation last season. We're all sort of gel so quickly. There's no clicks. You know, we're like a little family, you know, on and off the field sort of thing. And, and it shows on the pitch, you know, we're willing to sort of go that extra yard for each other, work, you know, work to our maximum in every single game. And that's why we're doing well. 
The England defender Gary Cahill has paid tribute to Wayne Rooney, who'll get his 100th cap when England plays Slovenia this weekend. Cahill says it's an incredible achievement by the England captain. Amazing player, amazing player. I remember when I was way back, you know, nowhere near any first team and yet he's played in the Premier League at such a young age. He's gone on to achieve unbelievable things in the game. He's won things. And you're looking at someone who's, you know, similar age to myself and he's coming up to 100 caps already. So, you know, he's relatively young for, or very young for someone who's reaching 100 caps. He's got many 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 years in front of him, I feel. Just an amazing achievement. And finally, Sheffield United have confirmed they will allow convicted rapist Chad Evans to train with them following a request from the Professional Footballers Association. Evans, who was freed last month after serving two and a half years in prison, is due to start training today. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, more at eight o'clock. Text 81333. Start your message with 3CR. Text will be charged at the standard network rate. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road is where I'll always be Just keep moving on Down this road That never seems to end When you adventure Lies just around the bend So if you want to join me For a while Just grab your hat Come travel like that's old style Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down Until tomorrow The whole world is my home So in Essex. Morning, Ken. Morning, Ian. What are you doing in Essex? Um, I work in Essex. But you're from Scotland. <laughs> I might be from Scotland, but that was a long, long time ago. What, what? I, was, um, I was brought up here as well. So really? How, so I was, how long have you been away from... I was brought up in, Cam- in Cambridgeshire. Yeah. 
Um, I've been in England since I was about 12. Flipping it, because you, you, I don't know if you've noticed, you've not shook off that accent. No, I can't get rid of it. <laughs> I tried, but I can't get rid of it. Fantastic. I try to speak English, but I can't, I can't speak English neither. No, so. you keep it. It's a cracking accent. Uh. I love it. <laughs> Wait, if, if you, do you ever go back to Scotland? Uh, not anymore, no. Good, good. All right, in that case, uh, you, you're one of ours. You can stay. I'm getting those bleeds when I get up that far. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. What have you got for us? Um, Hindus. Oh, yes. Hindus don't eat beef. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. I knew I knew there was one. Yeah, you're not dreaming it up, no. No, I know. It's weird, no. it's weird isn't it? If you, got, if, if you go to an Indian restaurant, just as a, a matter of fact, if you go to an Indian restaurant and it's Hindus that are running the restaurant, they won't have beef. Oh. Um, I'll beef, have beef, but um, there's no the beef. They'll have, they'll have lamb and things like that. I've been to India, and uh, uh, cows are like considered lucky and stuff. That's right. They're, uh, yeah, they're, and they just wander around, and if a cow walks into your house... Reincarnated, reincarnated people, don't they? Oh, is that what it is? I think so, yeah. It's nuts, isn't it? I mean, religion, uh, it does a lot of good, it does a lot of bad, but, but a lot of it is bonkers. Yeah. And the fact that you can't nuts eat a, a certain meat... Well, Sorry? I said nuts do a lot of bad as well. You get analogies from them well, as well. Exactly. Religious nuts. We're allergic to those. Ken, listen, thank yeah. you very much for that. Uh, enjoy your work in Essex. It's good to have you with us in England. What are you laughing at? A dog dressed as a teddy. <laughs> Why are you looking at that for? Why are you looking at yesterday's Facebook posts? I'm just checking myself out. Uh, I don't get why... You busy? You, uh, you guys are right? Anyway, go on, yeah. I'll just play the little sober again. No, don't. Don't. I think that's a sad song. No. Disguise is a happy song. No. It's a powerful song. He, he thinks he's come to grips with um, the fact that he's rootless, but all these people, they're not real friends. They're just using him. They didn't even find out his real name. He didn't have a name. He's a dog. They used to call him different names wherever he went. That's the beauty of it. No. He's just a happy little waggly-tailed fella. No. On his journey of life. It's being Everyone used. Everyone wants to meet him. No. He's just a happy little soul. He's not. He's not happy, really. Did he, pretending. He, the last episode, um, he gets shot, didn't he? No. What? Didn't he? No. But the last episode, he got knocked down by a car, and so to put him out of his misery, they shot him. No. I don't think they do that. He's still roaming the streets. I have no idea what you're talking about, by the way. The Littlest Hobo. Is it a series of something? Yeah, did you not? No, I just thought it was Guys, a guys, song. back away from the 70s kids <laughs> TV programmes. I'm not Ian Collins. Back away from the 70s kids TV programmes. So what are we talking about, Kath? We're talking about... Oh, yeah, we're talking about all kinds of things. Well, we've dissed I'm a celebrity so far. Yes. Uh, we've uh, talked oh. about the fact that, that 25,000 old people are going to die over winter because they can't afford their heating in this in England and Wales. Yeah. One every seven minutes. What do we do? I, that, I guess the question is as simple as that. What do we do? Hey, listen, there's children in need uh, this week. Is it this week? Yes, Friday. Which is great, great charity, the BBC charity. We support, we're going to be doing some... Uh, we'll be uh, enjoying the enforced fun and we'll be doing some stuff, as we've been told we have to do. Mm-hmm. And that's great. The part of me thinks, why isn't there an old people in need? Because it's not sexy. Because it's not, it, it's not, it wouldn't be cool to have an old people in need. I but think it's so unsexy, it would be cool. But, but imagine that, you do an old... And you, you, you've got Lenny you Henry. Adultery. Well, you get Lenny Henry, goes to an Jagger. old people's home in, in Bedford... Doris is 96 and she can't afford her heating this year and she can't afford to eat. Your money could help buy Doris some pork pies and uh, get, let her have the heating Yeah, on. but... but, I, but I, I think we should do that. Well, no, then we shouldn't because we're picking up the bill for the um, energy companies who's just well, do the right thing. What's children in need doing, though? That's, that's picking up someone else's bill, isn't it? All, all charity is picking no, but, up someone else's bill. No, but we're helping, we're helping charities continue their work with that. With this situation, it, it, it's about 
companies actually realising what they're doing. But they won't. It's an ongoing problem. But they won't ever do it. So we lose 25,000 old people. Surely all charity is picking up someone else's slack, isn't it? That's a great way of... Well, it is now, sentence. especially now that they're... Um, oh, I'm like Russell Brandeis. I just say de- really dangerous stuff that I've not thought through. Now they're cutting <laughs> services, yeah, it's becoming that. Yeah. It's becoming more and more that. We should have an old people in need. What should we call it? Old people in need. No, that's not very good. Open. Um... I just think we, there should be something, and the children need. Of course, it's great, and uh, but we don't. There are there are different vulnerable groups. Disabled people get a lot of charity work and a lot of fundraising and stuff done for them. Children do, obviously. You kind of the old people. Mm. Ah, they're old. Ah, don't worry about those guys. They won't be here for much longer. Do you know the only time that really young children get involved in helping the elderly? Harvest Festival. Yeah. Yeah. You take a tin in. Yeah, it's, it's true, then. Why are we scared? We're scared of old people. Yet that's the one thing that's going to happen to us. I won't. I will never be a child again. Well, uh, there is there is a chance I might become disabled in my life, but it's not. It's unlikely. If I'm lucky, I'll become old. You know, and I will be in that situation. It will happen to all of us. So why are we scared of addressing it? Yeah. Why are we scared of talking to our people? Why are we scared of? Uh, why? Surely it seems obvious that we should sort out. The fuel bills for old because it's going to happen to everyone. Everyone's going to be old, and not everyone will be able to afford to pay. Yeah. But it's that that needs changing. You don't just <sighs> chuck money at it once a year. But again, that's what children in need does. Chucks money at it once a year for, for projects no, that no, then projects sustain themselves. Ongoing, yeah. But then why aren't we doing that for old people? Do we need to change the way we think around this? I'm just... Hey, guys, I'm just thinking aloud. Yeah. I, I don't have all the answers. I do, but you need to work them out for yourselves. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Hey, we had a cracking day yesterday, didn't we? We had a little road trip, you and oh, I. Yeah, I was really quite impressed. We were, what was, what was it? I always forget the name of this place. Newlands. Yes. Newlands Park. Yes. We mentioned it on the show. It's uh, um, a static home park uh, where lots of elderly people live. And they're having trouble with the owners who, it, uh, they, well, we've heard some incredible stories of, um, we've been told about threats, we've been told about bills that aren't, don't seem quite right. Mm. Lots and lots of different things. But basically, several of the vans are in a bad state of disrepair. And when we say bad... Well, they're wonky. They're bent. They're there's, cracked. There's one guy who's crawling underneath his van to make sure it, the jack is secure. The, and the, that's the, how he's keeping his house up. The leg came off, so he's propped it up with some wood. And he's going under there. He sits in his living room and he feels the ground give way. Uh, so, th- so the owners aren't doing anything. And Three Rivers District Council, who um, uh, have the, the opportunity to do something, they're not doing anything. And we talked about it last week, and they didn't come on the show, and they didn't send us a statement. Uh, our reporter, Tony, phoned them up this week. The PR guy's off for a week. No one else knew about it. So we went down there and had a look ourselves. Yeah. And um, we saw one of the owners... You uh, saw him a bit closer than I did. I chased him and he, uh, he drove off very, very quickly. Uh, we met some fantastic, fantastic people, some really kind people who showed us around their homes and uh, uh, we spoke very honestly about the situation they're facing. We met a wonderful... What was the 93-year-old? Was she Irene? Irene. Uh, Irene. Irene, was Irene or Eileen? Irene, I think it was. 90, wonderful 93-year-old woman. We met some fantastic people. Do you know what really stuck out for me for that whole time? Not just the sight of you legging it down a hill after a van. <laughs> I chased a car. And I was thinking, oh, he's running after the... And then they went round a corner and I couldn't see them anymore and I thought, well, maybe I should also give chase. You got I scared. mean, it was ridiculous. Yes, you I don't got know scared. what I would have done if it had kicked off. Thankfully, yeah. it didn't. Yeah. Um, but what I really... What I took away from that place was how much they look out for each other. Yeah, it's an they? awful situation they're living in. It's really, really getting to them. But the support network there is incredible. I believe they call it community. Yeah. Community. And didn't it feel 
odd being in, in a community where they're all waving to each other, they're all talking to each other. It was, and they've all got their best. Anyway, uh, Catherine and I went there. We've recorded some bits that we'll play later on this week. Three Rivers District Council. Come on, guys. We keep flagging this up because we want you not to send us a statement. Not interested in a statement. You need to come on this show and talk to us. If you choose not to come on this show and talk to us, we have a plan to make you talk to, or to encourage you to talk to us. We have a plan to encourage you to talk to us. And I don't want to use that plan. Here's the thing. Cold. Here's the thing. How can it be right that yeah. anyone in 2014 is having to crawl underneath their home yeah. to try to make it stable? It's How not, is that right? It's not right. A three rivers district council. You, you, you're, you're not quite sure you have the power. You have the power to sort this out. So pull your finger out your backsides. Unless we're missing something. Tell us then, guys. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. That's to come. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're hearing reports in Horton that there's been an accident around Forest Road, so we're waiting for more information. Police are on their way to that, though. On the M1 southbound, all of the lanes have reopened between Junction 13 for Bedford and 12 for Flittick, so it's moving well again towards Luton. Just having a look at the speed sensors in Aylesford, though, it is looking... Aylesbury, sorry. It's looking a little bit slow on Buckingham Road uh, from Oxford Road to, or in both directions towards the Western Link Road. Elsewhere, having a look at the M25 anti-clockwise on the cameras and it's queuing between Junction 21A for St. Albans and 16 for the M40. On the Barnet Bypass, it's queuing between the Barnet Bypass southbound, between the Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And looking at the trains, the Circle Line, if you're getting the train into London, Euston, Paddington or Marylebone this morning, the Circle Line is suspended anti-clockwise because of a signal failure and there are minor delays on the Metropolitan Line between Hillingdon and Harrow on the Hill. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Right, 7.46, it is Wednesday the 12th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There's concern that thousands of tonnes of wood that should have been removed from a recycling yard by the M1 could catch fire again. A space probe partly designed by Stevenage-based Astrium and the Open University will start its descent to a comet at half past eight this morning. And a mother from Aylesbury is calling on the government to provide free packed lunches for school children with allergies. Coming up, we'll find out exactly what's going on with that probe and where it's probing. But before that, let's get the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. Well, we've got a fairly cloudy start for many of us this morning. And there's an area of showers pushing northeastwards with some rather heavy bursts within it. Um, that does gradually clear, though. It brightens up as well. And then by the afternoon, we're looking at a much drier end to the day with some sunny spells. Still quite breezy with highs of 13 degrees. Tonight, we've got clear spells, just the odd isolated shower. It's fairly mild still, although just a touch cooler than the last night with lows of 8 degrees and a cloudy start. In fact, pretty grey day altogether tomorrow with rain coming in from the southwest in the afternoon. Fairly light though with highs of 12 degrees. Friday we've got more rain on the way but Saturday and Sunday at the moment are looking much drier. However, there's still quite a fair few showers around and that's your latest forecast. 
World War One at home on the BBC. Sunday, 4th of June. Found the ward full of patients, so we took 29 last night, all Canadians. We revealed some amazing untold stories. The thing that made these particularly extraordinary was when we discovered just how old Albert was. And discovered surprising local memories. The boys from Haywood College had 589 died, which, you know, was a lot, but most public schools actually have a very similar casualty rate. If you miss them, go to bbc.co.uk slash WW1. The national propaganda was that a Zeppelin raid occurred. It turned out to be very much more tragic than that. World War One at home on the BBC. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oily! Yes. What you got? Allergy texts. Go on. This is um, a story that we've been covering this morning about a mum from... The area. Hertfordshire? From the area. I can't remember. Is it Hertfordshire? Oh, we're all in a very weird mood today. It's a very strange show. It's kind of... I think we're just about getting by, but you can see why we only won a silver. Aylesbury. Thank you. Aylesbury. Box, of course. Yes. And this is about the mum from Box who says that because her daughter can't take advantage of free school meals because she's got really severe food allergies and we're talking she can't have physical contact with anyone who has touched this. She can't touch a tomato. I know. Isn't that... Isn't that crazy? It is, though. How do you live like that? Anyway, because she can't um, have free school meals, she is asking the government to uh, give her what she's spending on packed lunches. Yeah. Unsurprisingly. So, so far they say no. Yeah. They're not all for it. But here's uh, a couple of uh, texts on the subject of food allergies. One from Maff in Hanslope. I feel very so- sorry for little Lola, says Maff, but surely her mum would be safer making the dinners herself so she knows what's in it and how it's prepared rather than take any risk. Yeah, she wants a few quid for it. Yeah. That's what she wants. It's costing her £500 a year and other children are getting fed for nothing. Mm. So, you know, she's asking. If you don't ask... When my daughter... You don't was, get... Exactly. She might not get anyway. Same. Exactly. When, if you do ask... But I never understood that. You still my, might not get. Because my mum used to say, she who expects never gets. Yeah. Wish, but, wishing ain't getting. But then if you ask, if you don't ask, you don't get. So I was always in a perpetual state of, do I ask? Do I expect? Do I just sit there and hope? Or, or steal? Well, no, I never went there. Oh, I was a good stealer. Were you? There's no such thing, mate. My friend. Anyway, what? listen. Oh, you're what not Matt finished. Said. Oh, I'm flipping it, mate. Uh, my, my daughter was at infant school. No one would take any products with nuts in due to another child's allergy. This meant reading labels on lots of things. So it works both ways. Um, and here was another one. Oh, there was another one about here. Oh, yeah. Hey, here we go. Sorry. Jay Milton Keynes. Um, I thought it, children with severe allergies were entitled to disability living allowance. What? Therefore, getting extra money to subsidise the things that are life-threatening. Am I wrong, says Jay Milton How come dyslexic kids get free computers? Do they? Some of them do, yeah. I thought they just got some cellophane. What? You know that coloured stuff? Cellophane? Maybe not cellophane. Do you mean cellophane? Yeah. Why, why right, you, milk. Why are you saying cellophane? Why would you say cellophane? I didn't realise I did say that. Say again. Cellophane. Say it as you normally say it, relax. Cellophane. That is bonkers. Cellophane doesn't cure dyslexia, mate. No, but I thought... The free computer goes no, a long I thought way that there was one, to googling dyslexia. I thought that there was one treatment that involved using a sort of coloured plastic. No. Nah. Yeah, yeah, there is. No, mate, you made that up. I haven't. Well, all right, doctor. Doctor of the brain. Brain doc, Psychiatrist. Brain doctor. Neurologist. That's the fella. More than half of workers... Are, how do you cure dyslexia? 08459 455555. And why do, why do kids get a free computer? 
More than half of workers are so reluctant to make colleagues tea that they brew a lone cuppa in secret, a study found. Selfish coffees. Selfish teas and coffees, Kath. There's some of those around here, aren't there? Aren't there? Aren't there, Boyle? There are some people... Some people, Catherine, yes. Tell who, us about it. ..who, when they are offering to brew up, do it so quietly... Yeah. ..that really they're not offering to brew up. Kelly is one of the most generous brewers I've ever seen. She's a master brewer. Thanks. Dealey is a fantastically wonderful, free-spirited brewer. I make you one brew in the morning. No, you don't, mate. Before the work I have begins. to text you saying, put the kettle on. 20 minutes before I come in, I pull over. When I get in, you see my car pull up and you walk to the kitchen <laughs> and then I have to finish it. Who told you that? It's obvious. <laughs> oh, wait, 459 555 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Space Special! It's been described as the equivalent of firing a shell from London and hitting the head of a nail in New Delhi. Wow, who's doing that? No, this. Morning, scientists from Stevenage-based Astrium and the Open University will attempt to land an unmanned probe on a speeding comet more than 300 million miles from Earth. It's the first time such a mission has ever been attempted! Space special. So, adding a bit of colour to the space special. Yeah, I like it. Space special! guest for a short amount of time. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Professor Mark McGochran is the senior advisor at Mission Control. He had this to say. They're treasure chests of information that tell us about the time when the solar system was born four and a half billion years ago. Not only that, they contain material that may actually have provided the water which we see on the surface of the planet Earth today, and even the building blocks of life. Well, our reporter James Alexander can tell us more. James, it's in a lot of the papers. It's a big story. What exactly is going on this morning? See, wouldn't this be disappointing if after this huge build-up, this lander just bounces off the comet and drifts off into outer space? Oh, is that a possibility? No, that is a possibility. Oh, blimey. What, um, what they're hoping at Mission Control is that, um, well, they say the final checks are complete. They say they're good to go. This is all looking promising. As you say, it's one of the most ambitious space missions ever attempted. The first time man has ever tried to land on a comet, a ball of ice and dust and rock about the size of Aylesbury that's travelling at 40,000 miles an hour. Now, the Rosetta spacecraft has been racing through our solar system for the past 10 years on a 4 billion mile journey from Earth, looping around the sun to pick up enough speed to fly alongside its target. This morning it's now in orbit around the comet. Um, Around half past eight it's going to release a lander about the size of a washing machine to try and touch down on the comet. But this could go wrong. Yeah, because the surface isn't easy to land on. It's full of jagged boulders. <laughs> the lander could hit an object and crash. There's also a risk the lander could just bounce off the, the surface oh, and to try and stop this happening. Each of its three legs is fitted with screws to drive into the ground. And as a backup, it's got two harpoons that will be fired down to uh, try to help keep a grip. But no one really knows, Ian, if this will work. Why are they doing this, James? Is it, is it just boffins showing off that they can do this, or is there a scientific point? 
Well, yeah, I mean, it is expensive, but there is a scientific point because comets could hold the answers to some pretty fundamental questions about our solar system and how the universe began. This is big stuff. They're taking samples of dust and gas and learning what comets are made from and whether it was comets that brought us water and carbon and actually kick-started life here on Earth. And, and when will we see pictures from this comet? How, how long does it take for them to get back? Well, it, it takes about half an hour for the pictures. Hey, that's to, not bad, is it? I thought it would be ages. Solar system, I know, incredible when you think that they're 300 million miles away. Um, the lander is expected to touch down about half three this afternoon. The European Space Agency, who are running this operation at Mission Control in Germany, are hoping we should get the pictures um, soon after that. And they, I mean, they should be amazing, Ian. You know, I hope it justifies this big, big build-up. Well, it's, it's very exciting, James. We've got some space music. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Thank you very much. Well done, Catherine. Got space music just in time for the end of that feature. Yep. Let's so, think about the probe. OK, let's, let's all imagine a probe touching down and using a harpoon to fasten itself and to, well, start probing. enjoying the probe music whenever we have any updates on the probe this is the probe theme action the drill <laughs> beginning the probe beginning the i've had a probe flipping heck i'm Oof. not sure this is space music so what do you mean totally space music this is what space would sound like this is the waiting room for space no yeah totally So that's, that's space then, that's what space sounds like. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. It really is a show probably worth forgetting, I would, I would suggest. Don't, don't judge us on this. If you're new to the show, getting new listeners no, all the time... No, this is pretty standard. No, this, yeah, is, is. this is poor. No, it's, no I, I think we're uh, doing quite well today. The, best, the highlight of the show today has been the fact that we've discovered that you say salophane. Well, I don't anymore. You've flagged it up. Good. Good. Now you can work on milk. Idiot. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Horton, there's reports of an accident around Forest Road on the B526. Police are on the way to that at the moment. In St Albans, Hatfield Road is looking very busy at the moment on Catherine Street and all the approaches to the roundabout there. Having a look at the cameras on the M25 and it's queuing still between Junction 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. And in Watford, it's looking very heavy on Beecham Road around Estercourt Road. On the trains to the Circle Line, if you're getting, well, if you're getting the train into London, Euston, Paddington or Malibone, this will affect you this morning if you're getting the circle line, it's suspended anti-clockwise because of a signal failure. Smart Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Coming up, we'll be finding out, well, asking you, what do we do? 25,000 old people could die this year in this country because, well, they can't afford to switch the heating on. Well, how do we stop that? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 
eight o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines concern that a recycling yard in Hertfordshire could catch fire again. Scientists from the three counties prepare for a comet landing and the Tower of London poppies will start being removed today. BBC Three Counties Radio. People living near a recycling yard by the M1 in Hertfordshire say they're worried it could catch fire again. It took three months to put out a blaze at the Abspond Lane site and its owners have until today to remove 10,000 tonnes of remaining waste wood. Ian Markwell from Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue says progress is being made. We are concerned, but what some of the work we've done with the operators and that's gone on recently is, is breaking the piles down within the site into smaller piles so they're more manageable, and there's now regular temperature monitoring going on of those piles, so we're aware of when they are warming up. Scientists at Stevenage-based Astrium and the Open University are awaiting their space probe to land on a comet. After a 10-year journey, the lander is due to make its descent onto the icy surface in half an hour's time. Professor Monica Grady from the Open University says the probe will immediately send back information. When Feli lands, we're going to be there in contact with it. We're going to know not just what it looks like, but we're going to know what it feels like. We're really going to know its temperature, its composition. It's it's mind-blowing. A man who shot three unarmed police officers in the 1960s has been released from prison. Harry Roberts was eventually captured in Hertfordshire after three months on the run. A mother from Aylesbury is calling on the government to provide free packed lunches for school children with allergies. Lindsay Wertheim's daughter can't eat the free school meals that were introduced this year in case she suffers an allergic reaction. Dr Adam Fox, who's a consultant paediatric allergist from Bushy, says it's a common condition. It's estimated that somewhere around 5 or 6% of young children in the UK have got some form of food allergy. The most common ones are milk and egg, and the good thing about those two is that usually kids outgrow them. But nut allergies are pretty common as well and unfortunately most kids with nut allergies will keep those allergies up until adulthood. Work begins today to remove the ceramic poppies that were placed at the Tower of London in memory of those who died in the First World War. It will take a team of volunteers around two weeks to remove them. Rebecca Drought has the details. The installation, which was created by the ceramic artist Paul Cummins, is thought to have been seen by more than five million people since the first flower was placed in the moat in July. Following a public campaign to keep it on display for longer, two parts of the artwork are to go on tour around the country until 2018. Six military charities will each receive more than £1.2 million after the rest of the poppies were sold. In sport, Andy Murray beat Milos Raonic in straight sets to keep his World Tour finals hopes alive at the O2 Arena in London. And the weather will be cloudy this morning with showery rain at times, but brightening up this afternoon. Top temperatures around 13 degrees Celsius. That's 55 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. Time to raid your attic and dust off your records. Andy Chesham's here to value your vinyl. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From seven. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio.
guys. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy show. Hey, it's miserable out there. It may be mild, but it's miserable, isn't it? I think I know why it is mild. Why? Raining. Well, hang on. Rain doesn't make the weather warm. Cloud coverage. Oh, mate. It's like nature's duvet. You're such a cheese. Are you saying that you've never been in the rain when it's cold? Yeah. Are you? It gets too cold for... Oh, for goodness sakes. Be cold in the rain. The best thing in no, the No, but when you've got cloud, you got mild. No, you haven't at all. You can have cloud and cold. You utter don't oh, swear. I will be swearing at her off air. I'm gonna do it now. Is that right? I just did it. Coming up on the show, wood piles, allergies. How on earth do we stop 25,000 old people dying because they can't afford the heating? That's what could happen this year. I don't know what we do. Do we have a Band-Aid type single? Do we have an old people in need? Do we um, force the energy companies to pull their fingers out of their expanding backsides? Number three. Next question. What? That's the answer. What? That the energy companies need to recognise the fact that they are driving this. But they're. But hey, hang on, hang on. But hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Just, we, we just hang on. Of course. Okay, we've done that. But we live in a capitalist society. Yeah. So why should they? Why should they? We live in a society that applauds um, um, success, that applauds uh, financial uh, um, uh, the revenue and, and financial success. Unless one pensioner die every seven minutes. But why should we punish the energy companies? Not punish them, but they need to be moral, don't they? No. <laughs> Whoa! Moral in a capitalist society? Those two don't go hand in hand. You know that nice dress you're wearing? It was probably made by a kid in the Philippines. No, it wasn't. Well, what, did you make it yourself? No. Well, then how do you know who made it? Because I don't... Because I don't go to those shops. All of those shops get young kids from the Philippines to make their clothes. No, this is made in Tunisia. Tunisia? <laughs> I don't know where it was made. You, I'll get, check. Hang on. Take it off. No, yeah, I'll come here. I'll take it off. off. Anyway, there's a phone ringing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 08459 I don't see how we get around it, but there must be. There must be. Now, two years after a massive fire next to the M1 in St Albans, uh, people living nearby fear it could easily happen again. This was a big story, Just. You were there mm. every single day. It's the woodpile at Apspon Lane, and it was kind of flaming for a while, but then smouldered for three months. Incredible. With, uh, and it affected the neighbours, of course, because there was smoke, there was fire. Uh, I remember we spoke to someone, Just, who I think couldn't sell their house, and a lot of them went without water. Now, That's right, yeah. the company that owns... The land, Navitas, had been given until today by the Environment Agency to remove 10,000 tonnes of waste wood. Quick, Justin, Justin, you've been there. It was there an hour ago. Is it still there? It it is still there, around 10,000 tonnes of wood. It looks exactly the same to me as what it did two years ago. So they've had had a significant amount of time to move it. They've got until today. Here's the thing, okay? Then this should get uh, uh, Navitas um, uh, pooping their pants because this is what the uh, Environment Agency will do if that 10,000 tonnes of wood is not removed. 
They will consider a new position statement which will be valid for a further period of time. A.K. they will grant them longer. That's incredible. Won't fine them. They Ah. won't imprison them. They won't seize control of the land. Mm. They won't force them to do it. They'll give them a little bit longer. Shocking. Uh, We spoke to Ian Markwell live earlier on from Hearts Fire and Rescue. He said that this is going to take months to clear. So it's not going to be happening today. We are looking at months down the line. Uh, Two years ago, chaotic scenes. I'm with a local resident here, Susan Slaughter. Susan, you live very, very near to this site. Um, just remind our listeners of, of the chaos, really, uh, of two years ago. Um, it was awful. We had no electricity, we had no water because the water main goes under the site and the fire brigade were taking it all to put the fire out. Uh, it was likely to be in a big smoke cloud, the windows were covered in ash. Uh, one of my horses, I thought, who had bronchitis, I called the vet out and she developed asthma caused by the smoke and later had to be put down because she was so bad. Uh, My friend's horses had to live in one of my fields because they were too close to the site and all the runoff from the water was all over the grass, killing all the worms, so the grass was obviously contaminated. Um, It was just chaos. Yeah, absolutely horrendous. It's um, just by Junction 8 of the motorway. The motorway was shut as well. People, I'm sure, will will remember seeing that fire. Just how concerned are you, looking at the site this morning, that this could happen again? Well, we were waiting for it to go up again because somebody said last week who lives in the village that it's November the 5th. I wonder if the wood's going up again this year. You're that concerned? Yes. Yes. Your dealings with the Environment Agency, um, how have they been? Uh, We haven't heard anything, really. Wood pile's still there. Agency, we don't seem to see anybody there. We were told the wood would be moved by today. Haven't seen any lorries going in or out. Only they have been shifting the compost, which is at the back of the site, but no, I haven't seen any wood going at all. Just how angry are you? Because you fear that this could happen again. Um, it sounds to me like you've you've got hardly any answers at all over the past two years. Just how angry has has this whole situation made you feel? Made me feel very angry because nobody seems to be bothered. I think because we're a minority, there's only 13 houses here. So if we all got together, then it'd be 20 odd people, and that's not enough to be heard. So what you're saying is people don't care about you? No, that's what exactly the point. Ian said earlier on uh, from Hearts Fire and Rescue this could take months to clear this wood um, again as a local. What's your reaction to that? I think it will take, well, it's been two years and nothing's been done so it'll probably be another two years and we'll still be in the same position. Moving forward, um, permission has been given for a biomass generator to be on that site. Are you happy with those plans long term? If they're properly monitored, yes, because I think it will be better in the long run, but I've got my doubts whether it will be. Do you believe it is going to be run correctly moving forward after what you've been through? No. In a word. (laughs) Okay. Just lastly, what's your message to the local council, um, to the Environment Agency? I'm sure they are listening to this right now. Um, What would you like to say to to people in power, let's say? To do your jobs properly and to get it organised, get things doing that they said they were going to do to monitor it get the wood shifted out and look after it properly i appreciate your time there you go in susan slaughter joining us live well i would say um you talk about the bad weather this morning uh we're in susan's garden here um it is raining but uh, susan has 40 ducks Uh, you can (laughs) can probably hear them in the background are they her ducks or do they just turn up they are your ducks aren't they yes yes 40 of them well, 15 are mine, but the others fly in for the winter from Verulamium. There you go, they're here and they, I can tell you right now, I've spoken to them, they are loving life this morning. Absolutely delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Justin, thank you very much indeed. Paul's in Bedford. Morning, Paul. Morning. What you got for us, boss? 
Well, Catherine in the clouds and the snow and the cuddly blanket. Oh, Catherine, think, Catherine thinks that it can't be cold when it's uh, cloudy. No, it's mild because it's cloudy because it forms a kind of insulating <laughs> duvet <laughs> over us. Paul, do you want to um, uh, take her to pieces? <laughs> well, so does that mean when it snows there's no clouds? That was interesting. Uh, no, but it would be colder but... without the cloud. There. <laughs> There. It's That's cold science. when it snows. It's no, it's no science. It's cold when it snows. No. So when you go skiing on the mountains and you're skiing above the clouds, how does the snow get above the clouds? What? What are you on about? <laughs> That's a good question. How do you get snow above clouds? Because yeah. there's higher clouds up. There's levels of cloud. Cloudage. <laughs> cloud leverage. Well, this is this is Next fun question. listening to you two flirt about weather. Gosh, do you, so Catherine, oh. do you like the wine show? Oh, also, on, <laughs> no. on the allergy front, I'm allergic to raw fruit and veg. Tell Hang us, on. tell us about the cooked salad thing. You can have a well, cooked salad, apparently. So I'm, I'm allergic to raw fruit and veg, so I can't have cucumbers, tomatoes, carrots, strawberries, and all that lot. Yeah. But if it's cooked or processed, it destroys the protein structure, so then I don't get the allergy. So what happens if you eat a banana long? It makes my lips swell up in each inside of my mouth, my throat and my stomach. Oh, gosh. Flipping it. Uh, 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 but, but you don't get cooked fruits, do you? Well, tins. Apple pie? Oh, so you, if you, Absolutely. Oh, OK, so you can eat... <laughs> can, you, can you eat a jambo tea? Uh, yeah. See? Yeah. That's what I'm saying to you. That is the sandwich that everyone can eat. That is the special sandwich. Paul, has this, has this ever held you back in your life? Do you think that you have suffered because of your disability? <laughs> no, because I've had to resort to, to meat and chocolate. It's terrible. Beautiful. Good lad. There we go, you see. This is what we need. More meat and more chocolate. I'm going to have a fried slice. I might have two fried slices this morning. My auntie is allergic to Kali. I don't know what Kali is. Sherbet. Oh, you're so old-fashioned. You're so old-fashioned. What, um... Uh, Spanish. Spanish. Yeah, a bit Spanish. That was the phrase I was looking for. God, you're so old, aren't you? No. Yeah? No. You're older than me now. No, what? No, that word's older than you. That doesn't mean that I'm older than you. Oh wait, four five nine four double five. Who's printing? I don't know, but it's a live studio, and we can monitor the printing. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. We've got any texts before we go to travel? Yeah, we've got loads. Let's have a few texts. We've got Let's any sensible up. ones. Oh, <laughs> any um, that aren't rude. Uh, what Tony says, I like the mushy peas. Good, so good not you. that one. Okay, yeah. Um, Dave, a money-saving idea to do with peanuts. My partner is allergic. Oh. oh, no, it's okay. My partner's allergic to those. I'm well, always worried when there's when there's a, a, a text that's got the word nuts in because yeah. you just uh, never. What sure. we do is rub them on her lips, and the no more expensive trips for Botox. Every cloud. Okay. I don't think we can joke about allergies. Yeah, we can. We can joke about anything we want, can't we? Uh, what is this? What is this? Um, Hitler's Hitler's Germany? <laughs> is this North Korea? Where are we? China? Oh, Tim in Bromham has a scientific question. Mm. Yeah, it was actually made in China, everyone. So that's got an excellent human rights record as so, well. Though. Well done, yes. Tim in Bromham, why are the boffins so excited about finding water on this big rock? Uh, on the comet, they mean. If it has an icy surface, surely that must mean there's water. I must be a boffin. I'll tell you why. I've been to the National Space Centre. That oh, means yeah. I'm virtually an astronaut. Oh, yeah, go on. Because where there's water, there's a possibility of life. It's not the it's not the most exciting space mission. That one was to uh, the planet of the apes. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's looking quite busy at the moment on the speed sensors around Bedford, particularly on A6 Coldwell Street. It's busy around the. 
Cardington Road. In Hamel Hempstead, the A414 is slow in both directions between the A41 and Two Waters Road around the Magic Roundabout. In St Albans, London Road is looking very busy around the High Street to and from there on the cameras. And on the A414 Park Street, it's also looking very slow around the North Orbital Road at the Park Street Roundabout. Having a look at the M25 anti-clockwise, it's queuing between Junction 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. And if you're getting the train into London, Euston, Paddington or Marylebone this morning and usually get the circle line from there, it's suspended anti-clockwise because of a signal failure. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. My uh, favourite, uh, I think it was Adam Hess, the comedian, I'm not sure, so the, the uh, joke about Planet of the Apes. Yes. Is, uh, uh, I, don't, I never understand that film, Planet of the Apes. If the monkeys... Um, <laughs> put all that effort into taking the Statue of Liberty to their planet, why didn't they look after it? Yeah, good point. Oh dear, I do. It's 8.16, it's Wednesday the 12th of November, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Because it was Earth. It was Earth. Yeah. They hadn't taken it to their planet. Oh, and that was the, so weird, the planet of the apes. <laughs> Flippin' heck. People living close to a recycling yard which caught fire in Hertfordshire are worried the remaining wood could go up in flames. A space probe, partly designed by Stevenage-based Astrium and the Open University, will start landing on a comet in 15 minutes' time. And a mother from Aylesbury says children with allergies are missing out on the government's free school meals. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Morning, Jonathan. Morning. Look at you, you look like an art teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I look cool. What's going on with this? I don't this? look like a dad. I look like a cool man who likes uh, current musical trends. I'm wearing a Kiss t-shirt. Right. I like cool bands. And a kind of, um, and a shirt over the top of your t-shirt. Yeah, go on, you're going to say a little bit more about that Stop shirt. It. And then you help out. No, 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 I, no it is just, it's quite teachery, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I'm a cool teacher. If I was a cool teacher, if I was a teacher, I'd be cool... And the kids would want to ha- hang out with me. And yeah. I'd have to say, I'm sorry, kids. Listen. I'm uh, too cool. I'm too cool for you. <laughs> uh, we can't be Facebook friends. That's inappropriate. Um, uh, don't follow me on Twitter. That would be inappropriate. But I'm happy to teach you and uh, expand your minds. That's appropriate. That's R- appropriate teaching. Right. So I would do that. Okay. Okay. Do you know what, kids? Today, uh, we're not going to have a lesson. I thought that we could... I just brought in a record player. I thought we could play some records, spin some discs. Let's play some records, guys. Would you be one of those teachers that would... uh, You'd say to the pupils, you can all call me Ian. You just slurped your tea on the radio. It's coffee, so that's okay. Um, No, they'd call me Mr Lee. Right, good. Um, I like that. They'd call me Mr Lee, and we'd have discipline, but we'd also have a laugh. We had a teacher. Yeah. And uh, he, he came to... It was when we were... Gosh, we were probably year eleven. What's yeah. that like? Fifteen, horrible age. Yeah. And um, and he he arrived. He thought he was going to be ever so trendy. So he said, uh, "Right, okay, just to let you know, I'm just like you. Yeah. And uh, if you see me out of school, call oh. me Mark. Whoa! What a mistake Whoa. to make! Whoa. Oh my word! Do you think he was ever called by his proper name again? No. no. Everywhere he walked, people just shouted, "Mark!" Seeing a teacher out of school is the weirdest thing in the world. 
Mm. It's the weirdest thing in the world. It's like seeing the Yeti. It's like terrifying but fascinating. Go well. I used to live over the road from one of my teachers, okay. and I used to go round to her house for a coffee. That's even weirder. Oh, and then what? Did you, did your mom, your mum had to prise your tongue out of her backside. Did she? My my no. My mum became friends with her, mm. and my mum would spend time with her. And I had to have a teacher relationship and also a neighbour slash my mum's friend relationship. The head of my year that hated me when we moved lived opposite me uh, oh it was flipping awful she gave me lifts to school sometimes she hated me oh, and no. i hated her oh dear she probably didn't hate you she Ian. hated me oh she because no, she did hate me some teachers hate kids she hated me she constantly compared me to my sister what do you want to be when you grow up oh, i wouldn't mind being an actor yeah you won't do that i think you should be a teacher so when i got a job on the telly doing a comedy show and it was in the guardian yeah uh after she said i'd never make it she wrote me a letter saying i'm really pleased to see you made it and do you know what i never replied and now she's dead who wins but it's nice to see you haven't carried this with you throughout your adult life. Oh, because I'm the winner. <laughs> I'm the, well, I'm the winner. Yeah. I'm the, where are you now? Oh, up there, if you're lucky. Anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> Jonathan, what's, on your, what's on your show this morning? Coming up on the big phone in this morning, should life mean life? Harry Roberts, a murderer. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm laughing just because that song came into my head as you did that. <laughs> what what song? Just you went, should life mean life or life? That's how it carried on in my head. And I know it's a very serious subject, so I apologise for interrupting. And we return to the seriousness. Harry Roberts, a murderer who was jailed for life for shooting police officers, has been released from prison. 78-year-old Roberts, who was jailed for life in 1966, uh, left Little A Prison in Cambridgeshire on Monday night, according to the son. He was caught in Hertfordshire after going on the run for over 90 days and has been in prison for nearly half a century. His impending release led to debate over whether police killers should ever be set free, with Sir Bernard Hogan Howe, the Metropolitan Police Commissioner, saying that life really should mean life. Well, from nine this morning, I want us to debate this. It's something that I think many of us have an opinion on. This idea of sending someone to prison for life, should it actually mean the whole of their life? Or do you think if you... If you make that the principle, not only will it make things very difficult for prison officers who yeah. then have to control people who know they have no chance of ever getting out, so yeah. where's the incentive to behave, behave well? Yeah. But it also, some people have suggested, is cruel. Because if you take away someone's hope of ever redeeming themselves, if you take away someone's hope of becoming a better person, wanting to change, wanting to be released and to have a second chance, that is cruel. Well, from nine this morning, well, I'm interested. It was kind of cruel for him to take away the, 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 the lives of those coppers. So I'm quite surprised that they've done this because I thought if you killed a police officer, it mm. was kind of the worst, the worst punishment that you could ever hope to receive. Mm. You know, I thought that police killers never got out. Seemingly, it's not the case. Mm. Well, should life mean life? I'd like your view on this. From nine this morning on 08459 four double five five double five. It's a good one. Thank you, Jonathan. Every weekday from three. Good afternoon, welcome to the show. Local people. What's your story? Seems there's a law for them and then there's one for the press. And I disagree with what they're saying. Local views. In some cases, sort of 40% loss in value of their properties. Has Kevin Luton got it right? There is a responsibility when you're paid from the public purse. Local life. Do you want to know how much 
My carer's allowance goes up by every April when the tax year changes. Two quid. Roberto Peroni. And is it fair to target people on benefits? Weekdays from three. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Glenn's in Leighton Buzzer. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, Ian. What you got for us? Well, first of all, I'd like to congratulate you on your award. There we go. Thank you very much indeed. Yes. But also, um, this thing about 25,000 old-age pensioners. Yeah. Why doesn't Bob Geldof do something for them instead of what's going on in Africa? Well, this is kind of... Um, the, 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 the thing is, I don't necessarily buy this charity begins at home line. If people need help, then I think we should do our best to try and try and help them. But, 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 but if 25,000 old people are going to die this year, uh, this winter, because of the cold, it, uh, something has to be done, doesn't it, Glenn? Yeah, well, I mean, surely there's a few local bands that can put a concert together and at least try and raise some money. Well, yeah, if, if a few local bands got together, though, you'd raise, you'd raise what, 750 quid or something, and that's not going to sort out <laughs> one family, is it? No, but I mean, organise a concert. You know, I'm sure one of the Luton Town football would happily give the ground for free. Um, you've got Kajagoogoo in, in Leighton Buzzard, that what? would... Kajagoogoo. Yeah, yeah, I do remember Kajagoogoo. I think we played some Kajagoogoo um, uh, on Monday and when we were playing uh, Guess the 1983. Uh, yeah. but, but in the great scheme of things, Kajagoogoo, who are a great band, and I know Justin will pay top dollar to go and see, Kajagoogoo, they're not going to raise enough money to, to save no. the elderly people who might die this winter, are they? No, but if you ask them for their contacts, I'm sure they know Nick Kershaw. quite a few other 80s, yeah. Other 80s bands. Howard Jones. Yes, Fandau Bali, Duran Duran. Because these things work. Yeah. They do work, this 80s revival. Yeah. And let's put it in the purse for the old age pensioners. For it's, a an idea. it's an idea. It's, it's, it's an idea. I just, I suspect, Glenn, that this is such a big problem that that's, that's not even going to scratch the surface. And also, don't we need to change the culture somehow? Don't we need, you know, you have a fundraiser one year. OK, that'll save a few year, year, lives one year. What do you do next year? Well, I'm sure we'd have, we'd have 52 weeks to think about it, wouldn't we? We would. Uh, Glenn, thank you very much uh, in, in, indeed. I, I, as much as I like uh, Kajagoogoo, I just don't think they're going to be the, the crowd pullers. They're not going to raise the millions of pounds that this would require, are they? No. Unfortunately, Lamal and the boys. Yeah. Simply Red are back together. Who can name another member of Simply Red? Um, There's the Chinese fella on the guitar. No, she she was in it for a while. She wasn't in Simply Red. What? She's the reason he had to shave his dreadlocks off. Why? He got lice? She um, was ill in his hair. Martin McCutcheon was sick in Mick Hucknall's hair. This is the greatest. This is the second greatest showbiz story I've ever heard. It's true. After uh, Gino DiCampio nicking Paul Young's guitars. Have you not heard this story? No, it's, I have not. Tell it, me more. It's totally Hang on. true. I've we heard need, it from we the need horses. Some, we need some appropriate music. Here we go. I've heard it from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Well, I've heard it on telly talking about it. What happened? Go on. They went out. They used to be a big party couple. Don't you remember? They were together. I don't remember that. No. Yeah. She was ill in his hair. Yeah. Um, and it was irretrievable. So the dreads had to go. What? Did he try washing it? You I can't wash dreads, can you? It's troublesome. You can't wash dreads. That's that's the thing. And you can't comb them through. No. And also, dreads on white guys looks flipping ridiculous. <laughs> white dreads are the most ridiculous things in the world. I mean, he's an attractive man to start with, but that really was the thing. He's <laughs> bedded. He is bedded. How? Over How a that thousand women. One thousand women plus. That's insania. All I can say is either he's really funny... Or he's got very low quality control. I wonder where you were going to go with that sentence. 
No, because you'd have to get past the... Yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. What you got? I've got a serious text. Oh, shall I turn that music off? Okay, go on. Barry and Hemel. This is an interesting point, actually, and I think there's something in this. Uh, As a person expected to survive below the poverty level on state pension, it's good to hear you highlighting the plight of the old and fuel costs. It should, however, be pointed out that our £200 winter fuel allowance is just for that purpose and not for Christmas gifts for grandchildren and family. Yeah, I would imagine. We've had this discussion before. That uh, yeah, the, the fuel allowance goes to loads of people who don't need it. It goes to my uh, in-laws who are uh, quite well to do, and they spend it on whatever. Uh, but the, the, the families, the, the people that really need it, they won't be spending it on um, you know a trip to wherever or, or the the latest octonauts set for the kids. They'll be deciding whether to spend it on food or heating. Well, here's a thought then. Why don't we stop? And this is just a thought. Why don't we stop giving money these two hundred pounds to Alan Sugar and Mick Jagger and people that live on the Costa del Sol? Yeah. And double it up for the people who really need right would that help yeah there you go job's job done (laughs) (laughs) and tomorrow we'll be solving uh, the crisis in the middle east yeah we'll be we'll be telling you how you can deconstruct isis and make them just into nice guys that uh, that run around shouting a lot let me have a think about that okay oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call any more texts or should we uh, abandon this elderly fuel bills stuff power companies by helping elderly have online account getting cheapest deals afford heating and energy companies profit down smiley face hazel good point <laughs> well made <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Boreham Wood, the A1 Barnet Bypass has reports that there's a lane blocked there because of a broken down lorry between the M25 Junction 23 for St Albans Road and Boreham Wood at the Holiday Inn turn-off. Ends North Watford, southbound on the Northwestern Avenue. It's very busy around the Dome Roundabout in St Albans Road. In Hammer Hempstead, Leighton Buzzard Road is busy in both directions on the speed centres around Warner's End Road. And having a look at the M25 anti-clockwise, it's very slow between Junction 26 Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield at the moment. On the trains, if you're getting the train into London, Euston, Paddington or Marlebone this morning, and you're usually getting the circle line from there, it's suspended anti-clockwise this morning because of a signal failure. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Half past eight, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, people living near a recycling yard by the M1 in Hertfordshire say they're worried it could catch fire again. The owners of the site at Abspond Lane have until today to remove 10,000 tonnes of waste wood. Scientists at Stevenage-based Astrium and the Open University are waiting for their space probe to land on a comet. After a 10-year journey, the Rosetta spacecraft's lander is making its descent this morning. And a man who shot three unarmed police officers in the 1960s has been released from prison. Harry Roberts was eventually captured in Hertfordshire after three months on the run. After nine o'clock this morning, JVS will be asking if life should mean life. The weather will be cloudy this morning with showery rain at times, brightening up this afternoon. Top temperatures around 13 degrees Celsius. That's 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Tennis first, and Andy Murray beat Milos Ronic in straight sets to keep his World Tour final hopes alive at the O2 Arena in London. He was beaten in his first round robin match, but he says his coach, Amelie Moresmo, helped him refocus. Amelie, you know, was saying that what we won of the times when she made the final of the UN Championship, she lost her first match 6 6 6 2 6 2 against Petrova, and then obviously went on to reach the final. So, you know, it's nice to have those sort of discussions and, you know, having someone that's experienced been in a tough situation after the first match. We had good discussions. Hopefully they made a difference. Wickham Wanderers striker Paul Hay says the reason they're doing so well this season is due to the spirit in the Wickham camp. The chairboys are top of League Two, having only just avoided relegation last season. Hay says a trip to the Somme recently brought things home. Honestly, it was a great trip. Fantastic trip, a really humbling experience. Brilliant. And like I say, half the lads didn't even understand it beforehand. It really does open your eyes. And like I said, I can't express how good the trip was for us as a team to understand what them soldiers went through. The England manager Roy Hodgson says captain Wayne Rooney has the experience to lead the side to success in the future. Hodgson's been paying tribute to the striker who'll get his 100th cap against Slovenia this weekend. What he does have, which he didn't have at 19 or even at 24, 25, is this incredible experience, this incredible mental strength because that's something that we're going to need going forward. Mental strength is a harder thing, if you like, to teach or to inculcate in a squad than tactics or technique. And finally, Sheffield United have confirmed they will allow convicted rapist Ched Evans to train with them. Evans, who was freed last month after serving two and a half years in prison, is due to start training today. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, with more at nine o'clock. Inculcate. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oops, boily, boily, oops, boily, oops, boily, boily, oops, boily, 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 boily. What's the problem? Catherine, what are we discussing on the show today? What do we do about the fact that um, so many elderly people are dying because of cold in 2014? 25,000 old people will die this, this winter because it's too cold. Mm-hmm. And many of them are worrying about their heating. That's nuts. Still, That's and we have nuts. this conversation every year. So what needs to give? 08459 Akbar's in Luton. Good morning, Akbar. Oh, uh, good morning. You have the answer to this problem, I believe. Um, I have um, some suggestions if uh, if, if uh, somebody can attend to them. And uh, my first suggestion is this: Let's tend to, the, to your first suggestion, sir. Right. That is that uh, the government should uh, cut down on uh, on state occasions, uh, and, uh, such as uh, McQueen's procession to the to the to the from Buckingham Palace to the uh, to the Parliament. Uh, and the kind of event we saw yesterday, uh, and all these things should be cost money. I got a minute. I got a minute. Yeah, but mm. the thing yesterday wasn't just some ceremonial old tosh, some tradition. Mm. It was um, it was Remembrance Day. Yes, it was. It was. It was remembering. It was remembering everybody who's died in war. You can't just knock that on the head. No, 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 Ian. Um, I, I come from a family background. Um, I come daddy. from a family I'm background. Dead. You can't knock uh, that sorry, on the head. Sorry, sorry. I said um, uh, what I meant was that uh, I come from an army background, and my grandfather um, was part of the Indian Army, and uh, my father was uh, part of the Pakistani Army. And uh, so I have great respect for that. But th- those events happened many, many, many years ago, and uh, they are history. Oh, and and if we 
are going to celebrate them. Yes, let's celebrate them, but we should cut down on the on the scale of uh, and the magnitude of uh, this is, of the event. Do you know what you're saying is highly mm. controversial and incendiary, dear listener? Mm. Akbar is suggesting mm. that we don't have the Remembrance Day commemorations, or if we do, it's certainly a lot smaller, and that the money goes towards. Paying mm. old people's bills. Yes. My, my knee-jerk yes. reaction is that's completely insane. But the th- I'm thinking about it. He's got yes. a point. He's got mm. a point. Let's look after what we've what, what we've got now. I don't know how much it costs actually to do the uh, the, the, the the commemorative <laughs> thing. But um, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Should we junk it? But it raises millions for the British Legion and veterans yeah. and their families. Yeah. Well, she pwned you there, Akbar. Yeah. Next okay. suggestion. Um, Next suggestion. Next suggestion uh, um, is uh, Ian that uh, um, Queen uh, also travels from Buckingham Palace to uh, to the Parliament House of Parliament regularly. I think about twice a year. You just did that one. And, uh, sorry. You just did that one. No, no. I, I said she travels from from yeah. uh, Buckingham Palace yeah. uh, again to the to the uh, to the Parliament. Yeah. In a, in a big procession. You will that again. on the head. Again, again, uh, but we, we could do uh, we could do it at a smaller scale. Save some money and put she could go on a bike. In, she could get a Boris mm-hmm. bike and ride. <laughs> well, well, that's that's uh, that's your suggestion. My suggestion is that we cut it down and bring it down to some. Uh, well, she's got a bus pass, size. hasn't she? She's got a, she's got a bus pass. <laughs> she can get yeah. on the number sixty-two. No, no, she's a, she's a monarch, and she needs to be extended a decent courtesy and and respect, and that decent respect courtesy could 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 come could come through a smaller procession, and by by saving bits here, bits there, bits there, we can we can huh? fill up the pot, uh, Ian. Okay, Akbar, listen, thank you very much indeed. Akbar is basically suggesting that we cut down. You're right, Kath. So, stay open in a parliament. Forget it. Don't need it. Well, she, she's going she's gonna, to um, see Walk if anyone's... It. Is anyone going to parliament? I need a lift. Get in 15 minutes, Phil. All right, I'll get in the back. So, we, 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 she walks it, yeah? Or she gets um, um, a scooter. There'll be a tunnel. Yeah. You know there's, there's probably a secret a, tunnel. There's a secret tunnel there, yeah. She'll get on that. So, we get rid of that. Um, Remembrance Day. Yeah. It happened a long time ago. It did happen a long time ago. Let's, let's not make such a Let's not fuss. remember. Let's forget now. We could all remember at home, maybe, remotely. Well, just, it, 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 it happened so long ago, I think it's time we forgot and stopped learning lessons from war. Yeah. OK, and uh, other state things like that he wants to get rid of. The thing is, though, if you take all that pageantry and stuff away from the Queen and Parliament and stuff... She gets some old biddy. Yep. Yeah, isn't it? But, 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 but is but, that a bad but, thing? Is that a bad thing? When, when the Queen's... Listen... The Queen ain't going to die this Christmas because... Well, she might do, but she won't die because of not being able to heat one of her many palaces or castles. And those things... I've been to Windsor Castle. That is big. That would cost a fortune to heat. A fortune. And we know what happened last time they had a... Blaze up. She's she's It's satire. In in, uh, 1992, there was a fire at Windsor Castle. Okay, kids, remember that? Satire. It's 22 years out of date. It's Harley Bremler, but never mind. Anyway. Not, not exactly on Coleshaw's level, but never mind, carry on. So there's that. But here's a fact for you. This isn't satire. This oh, is a true fact I'm that a... I learnt from watching the film um, The Queen with Helen Mirren. I love facts. I'm a facts fan. Balmoral's got no uh, central heating. But she... Do you so know what... she suffers. The Queen is probably so rich. Do you know what she does? Oh, why have... Hot water bottle. That's exactly what she does. And slippers. When's Dragon's Den back on? Because I've got it. An electric blanket. 
suit. <laughs> Boom shakalaka! Dangerous. No, it's not dangerous. He's not. You have a thermostat in, so it uh, it gets too too hot, cuts off. So you just sit there. It's like a it's like a onesie. All right, it's a onesie if you want to call it that. You because onesies are hip. You put a onesie on. You plug it in. You sit there watching Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, toasty, toasty, toasty. You could even get batteries and then leave the house. You get batteries and the batteries charge themselves as you plug it in. Yeah. And I'm then you the walk out to, to, um, to Tesco and you're nice and warm what and you're you toasty spoke- onesie. I'm so warm in my... Hey, what are you wearing? I'm wearing a toasty onesie. I plug it in. I'm How do so you wash it? Warm. What if you spill your you cup of tea wa- on it? You, you mm. can't wash it. What if you spill your cup of tea on it? It's wiped downable. No, what I mean is you're plugged in. Mate, I've wet the bed with an electric blanket and I'm still alive. I don't believe it. I'm sick used at my extremities, <laughs> but I'm still alive. How old were you? I was uh, 33. Excellent. Okay. So uh, that's my... See, invention. I laugh about that invention, but I do own a slanket. <laughs> Hang on a second. I seem to check we can say that on the, the radio. Hang on a second. What was the word again? Slanket. Yeah, we can just about say... What the hell is a slanket? Let me work it out. It's a sleeve and a blanket. It's a blanket with sleeves on. Oh, for... F- Crying out loud. And a pocket for your remote control. You know. <laughs> you've, you've got to um, wear that to work tomorrow. You've got oh, to wear that to work. I'll you're, wear mine. You're huh? so northern. <laughs> you are so northern. I bet you're the only person, apart from your ma'am, that when you get your um, grubby ma- newspapers at the weekend and that little magazine, the Innovations magazine, pops out, you're the only person who goes, oh, this looks dead good. What are we going to get for the kids? Oh, get- Look, it's a record kids- player that looks like a gramophone. We'll get all the kids' Christmas presents out of this. Right. Hey, look at these slacks. They'd suit you. Should be. Oh, nice big one slipper. I'll have that. Wonderful. Someone's buying them, otherwise they wouldn't make them. Well, it's you. <laughs> I've got a slanket and it's fun to put on and pretend you're a wizard. Do you know the problem I have with my slanket? Static. Yeah. It's not made out of the best materials. This is actually going out on the rake. Can you believe this? No wonder Toby Foster beat us. He's, you wouldn't get this with Toby Foster. But he's got a double slanket. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. He's a big lad. Him and his missus. Oh, right. I see. All right. Oh, wait, four, four. Have you got no phone calls I can talk to? It's one here. Let's I'm, find out whether it's going on. I'm getting bored of talking to you lot. I'm hearing, basically, I talk to you, Catherine, and I hear a woman having a midlife crisis. A lot of the stuff you say should be said to your therapist. Amanda is a cloud physicist and a texter to this programme, and she's backing me up, so get ready to be what, posed. What, the slanket? Get, no. Here's something, uh, this is some ponership being taken in a scientific manner. Uh, yeah. Catherine's partly right. In the day, the sun heats the ground and air. Kathleen, Catherine is partly right, yeah. Okay. okay, get ready to chew on this. I'm chewing on it, and my mouth okay. is open, anticipating chewing. Well, close it and listen. Yeah. Open your ears. Okay. In the day, the sun heats the ground and air, and when a cloud goes overhead, you can notice a drop in temperature as it blocks well, out the warm sunshine. Wait. Door. Wait. However, at night, the ground radiates back the absorbed heat of the day. If there's no cloud at night, it's just lost to space. Cloud at night acts like a duvet analogy, traps the heat for a milder night in winter, says Amanda Cloud, physicist who's on my side. So she's saying a cloud is like a Dutch oven. Is she? You're saying that. She's saying a duvet. Okay. Lynn's in Letchworth. Morning, Lynn. Good morning to you. How are you? I'm fine. Did you know a cloud acts like a Dutch oven? No, not at all. It keeps the keeps the heat and the moisture in. Oh, your mind of information and the fragrance. Yeah, my information, yeah. my information that he's nicking. Yeah, and I'm recycling. not. I, listen, Lynn, this this show is nothing but educational. Oh, it's one. Can you still buy Dutch ovens? A Dutch pot, yes. 
Okay. Liam, what have you got for us? Uh, what do you think? I was listening in earlier, and I, there was um, um, a caller saying about... I mean, I'm all for... Unfortu- well, I say unfortunately. Uh, it's very sad about the Ebola and, and these people, but I, I am a great believer that uh, we should do more to help our own. And it was... I just thought to myself, wouldn't it be a great idea if myself... Well, I'd like to get my teeth into this venture, and I'd like other people to help me go along with it. Go on. Um, I'd like to contact... In fact, I'm going to contact... Age UK in the next few days oh, yeah. to see what we could get together. Oh. I.e. maybe um, a concert. I mean, I live in... Come um, back to Catagoogoo again. And um, I thought maybe Nebworth or Hatfield House. Um, I mean, obviously it's going to be a, um, you know, a big task, but I, I right. would like to get my teeth into this and I would like other people out there maybe to contact me or, you know... Well, li- li- listen, li- when you speak to Age UK, give us a call and let us know what they say, because I'm, I'd be interested to see what they say. It, I don't want to... It, it's, a, it's a very noble idea. Nebworth is flipping massive. Yes, I know. And to, I, I, yeah, to I live stage, quite near there. To stage a concert at Nebworth, you probably got to book it a year in advance. Right. It's going to take uh, eight months to sort out the acts, yes. six months to sort out the stage and the sound system, then right. you've got three months to sell the tickets. I, 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 it's a very noble idea. I don't think it would be able to, to, to work this year. No, no. And who would you, who would you ask? Who, what bands well, would you get there? I mean, to... you just have to do your research, wouldn't you, i.e., um, you know, um, to get contacts or whatever. But there again, as you say, maybe... Obviously, you know, go small at the moment with yeah. um, uh, you know, the facts that we know, and then maybe if it is a, if it is a success, maybe it could be held, you know, um, as a, an annual or whatever thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 it would be good to get old bands to play, people that are pensioners. So you could get like the Rolling Stones, yes. the Who, Rod Stewart. Um, and it could be compared yeah. by um, I don't know Alan Sugar or Michael Aspel. Yeah, exactly. Lynn, listen, if you do if you do speak to Age UK, will you give us a call and let us know what they say? Yes, I will. And it's, as I say, it's something that I'd like to you know get into. And obviously, along the line, I would like obviously you okay. know help on this. Well, let us listen. People. Let us know how it goes. And it's certainly an idea of support. Uh, I, I think, by the way, if you want to uh, email um, uh, any members of the Rolling Stones, I think you go through Mick Jagger at yahoo.co.uk. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Borehamwood, looking at the Barnet Bypass southbound, it's reports that there's one lane blocked there because of a broken down lorry between the M25 Junction 23 for St Albans Road and the Holiday Inn turnoff. Southbound on the Northwestern Avenue in North Watford, it's very busy around the Dome Roundabout. In Hammer Hempstead, Leighton Buzzard Road is looking very busy in both directions around Warner's End Road. And having a look as well, in Luton, it's very slow into town on New Bedford Road and nearby on the A5 southbound, looking very heavy through Mark Yates. On the M25, anti-clockwise, it's queuing between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. And on the trains, the circle line anti-clockwise is suspended, so that's affecting you if you get the train into London, Euston, Paddington or Marylebone this morning. Samantha Ruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Offers are already pouring in. Uh, local musician Scott Balcony has said he'll play at the Help the Old People concerts. So you never, you never, ever, ever know... 
8.46, it is uh, Wednesday the 12th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People living close to a recycling yard which caught fire in Hertfordshire are worried the remaining wood could go up in flames. A space probe partly designed by Stevenage-based Astrium at the Open University will start landing on a comet in 15 minutes' time. Uh, And a mother from Aylesbury says children with allergies are missing out on the government's free school meals. Coming up, we'll speak to Justin. We could be speaking to you. But before that, let's get the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, it's fairly cloudy for many of us this morning and we've also got these showers pushing up to the northeast. They're going to be pretty heavy at times, but they do clear and then it brightens up. So by this afternoon we are looking at some sunny spells. Still fairly breezy though, with highs of 13 degrees. Tonight we've got clear spells with just the odd isolated shower. Uh, lows of 8 degrees, so cooler than last night, but still very mild for the time of year. And tomorrow we've got uh, a fairly grey day altogether. And then maybe just the odd brighter patch, but uh, for most of us pretty cloudy. Come the afternoon we've got some rain coming in from the southwest, but it should be mainly light rain and highs of 12 degrees. More rain on Friday but Saturday and Sunday at the moment is looking uh, much drier although there'll probably still be some showers around. That's your latest forecast. There are some things in life you have to buy. One loaf of bread, two pints of milk. Some things you'd like to buy. There you go, madam, your brand new 80-inch TV. And some things money just can't buy. Here's the venue for your dinner date with George Clooney. Until now. This year, for Children in Need, we're giving you the chance to take part in a very special auction. Sold to the man on the phone from Buckingham. We're selling some amazing experiences to raise money for causes all over Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Keep listening every day this week for all the details. Our charity auction for Children in Need starts Friday morning from 6 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, Wendy, what have you got for us? Morning. Good morning, Wendy. Good morning. Good morning to you. Yeah, I just caught the tail end of the conversation with about the bands. This is Lynn wants to stage a concert at Nebworth yeah. to uh, raise money for uh, elderly people who can't afford to pay their heating bills. That's right. Uh, now, I, I uh, just thought what I'd, I'd let you know that I, I actually I've been singing for years and years gosh and years. you must be tired you should rest uh, that voice <laughs> yeah I am yeah. <laughs> no um, no, I, no I love it and I, I would be just really to say that um, oh. I'd be more than happy to um, oh. you know get involved if you know she would like would you be coming I mean, Nebworth holds I think it can hold about 100,000 people would you be comfortable singing in front of that many people because I would be terrified not really. Really? I've, I've, no, I've done. I've sung in music festivals oh. all over the show, and I've been singing since sort of the late eighties. What's What's the biggest crowd you've played? <sighs> not Not that size, but no. it, to tell you the truth, it it, it doesn't. Uh, if I'm confident, which I'm usually, you know, confident yeah. in what I'm doing, that yeah. that is the key. What kind of stuff do you sing? Everything, sort yeah. of operatic. Reggae. Operatic, um, you know, songs from shows. Every I've got a wide range. Reggae. You know, no. No. Could 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 um could you give us a snatch now? Not really. I've just got up. Oh, because well, in that <laughs> no. Wendy, you could you might be rubbish for all we know. No. Well, I've I've got loads of certificates for my singing. Oh. And certificates. Um, 
yes, because you know, I've won from the, the music festivals that I've been in. Yeah, yep. Uh, I've got a big pile of those, you know, and uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's such a wonderful interest. I love it. It's just, just my life. Really. So you've got a big pile of certificates, best way to display. And when did, you, when did you first discover, Wendy, that you had a gift, that you were touched? Well, somebody invited... I went to... I joined the local um, church choir and somebody in the choir said that uh, she belonged to an operatic society. Why don't yeah. you come along, she said, and, and um, we were doing... They were putting a show on and, um, you know, joining the chorus, you know, and yeah. I've never looked back, really. Wow. I, I've been loads and loads of shows and concerts. Yeah, well, listen, Wendy, we're going to keep your number. I can't promise anything, um, but if this concert at Nebworth happens that Lynn's arranging, um, then then we'll certainly put you in touch. I'm sure Wonderful. you could go on. Would you, would you? I mean, you, you say opera and show songs. Would you be comfortable going on uh, after The Who and before Rod Stewart? <laughs> Whatever, yeah. You, you'd be yeah. okay doing that. Oh. And do you know the lyrics to Too Shy? Sorry? Do you know the lyrics to Too Shy by Kajagugu? Uh... We'll send them. Wendy, we'll send them. Don't worry about it. Thank you. And this is what's great about doing this show and about broadcasting to the people of Beds, Hearts and Bucks is you mention uh, a, a, a fantasy concert that is, is completely unworkable and is never going to happen and people are just there like a shot offering their help. Wendy, excellent stuff. Thank you very much. Scott on, on Twitter... Thank you. This is, I mean... Two acts signed. Two acts signed for, for a concert that is completely unworkable and will never, ever happen. That really is absolutely amazing. I'll throw my hat into the ring. I'll get up there and I'll, I'll, I'll introduce one of the acts. OK. I'll do um, a song from Chicago. Beautiful. How about that? Kelly, what are you going to sing? You could do one of them raps. I can rap, yeah. Oh, beautiful. I'm pretty sick. Oh, God. You're going to be all right. Oh, I'll be fine. She's going to spit some lyrics. Yeah, yeah. I'm fat. I know. What? I've been thinking that you should... Got any Texas? Yeah, loads. Steve says, do we need a cultural change where old people moving into appropriate smaller housing with support rather than staying in big four-bedroom houses? This is in answer to the what do we do about the fact that so many people no. are dying of the cold. No, you can't get, keep, people out, keep people out of their houses. That's, that's not the answer. The answer they, is... They've kind of tried that. Yeah. The, it didn't work. The, 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 that answer is not workable. You can't keep people out of their homes. So, no. Can you but, be a bit less scathing? Because Steve's come to us with, a, with an idea. It's not a very good one, Steve. Oh. Uh, listen, I applaud good ideas. I'm like Duncan Bannatyne. If the, if the idea's good, I'm in. Not literally. Um, but if the idea's... Uh, uh, there's no point in, in fluffing him for no reason, is there? The idea is unworkable. Next. Try again, Steve. Steve, thanks for that. Constructive criticism. We appreciate the fact that you're giving it a bit of headspace. Kind of thanks, but, I mean, really, what were you thinking? Chris in Milton Keynes. Get ready, because you know what this is going to what's going to happen. Okay. I uh, know. Actually, this is this is just an observation, bit of observational comedy. Okay, we like that. We like that. J- <gasps> bit of Jimmy Carr. Love the suggestion of the Queen getting a minicab to Parliament, but it would make the cab driver who took her unbearable with his. You'll never guess who I've had in the back of my cab stories. Yep. Yep. That's okay. true, Chris. Well, nice. Some thank you very much. Bang on about Rufus that. Hound. Paul from Stephen. He says, Ian, on your news, you said the space probe was landing in fifteen minutes, but you said the same thing. 15 minutes ago. Can we have some clarification, please? I just don't know what to believe anymore. BBC, one BBC. The way the, way the BBC is uh, funded means we can just make stuff up. And Did you read the wrong headlines? No, mate, I didn't, actually. The 845 ones didn't say that. Um, let's have it. I can tell you exactly which headlines I read, mate. Uh, yeah, I read the wrong ones. Yeah, I read the wrong ones. Oh, yeah. oh, so what, have, we, it, have we missed it? It's probably down, It's yeah. begun. 
Blimey. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, Murph says, um, Ian, I've got a few... This concert... I've got, I don't think Murphy's taking this seriously. After oh, all the, that's such a shame. I've got a few, a few disposable barbecues left after the summer, so I don't mind doing the food. Caterer. Come on, mate, please. This is a serious concert that's never going to happen. It's unworkable. Seriously. Right, now, here we've got a text from serious... This is a serious text from Stopsley and Ruth. Okay. Some old people have heating problems because their heating systems need replacing and they can't afford the huge cost and so try managing with very small heaters. I'm sure that's true. Uh, uh, well, you know the thing they say, hey, if you change your boiler, you'll save so much oh money. Oh, my goodness. What? We tried to sign up to that Green Deal thing. Yeah. Um, well... They sit, keep saying to us, oh, you've got to consider it, why don't you try it? We've been trying for about two years. Yeah, the Green Deal's off now, I think, isn't it? Yeah, Finished. they sent someone round, they dilly-dallied, and then, oh, oh, sorry, we can't do it now. We had the loft insulation, because that's going to save you a foot. No, it didn't save us anything. Still flipping cold and do nothing. And then... The, we cloud coverage. We try, uh, And then we, um, we, we they got the new boiler. Oh, this will really cut down on your bills. No, it didn't. I'd spent like two grand on a new boiler and we still got really massive bills. Your plums. Did you write that to them? No. No, you just moaned about it. No, I tweeted about it and I got suspended from a job I was doing. It wasn't about that. That was because the, the, the company flooded their flat b- b- below us. It was entirely their fault. I tweeted about it. Didn't realise that company was one of the uh, big sponsors of a radio station oh, I worked yeah. at. I got suspended. And ultimately, um, um, let's not say sacked, uh, yeah. but let go. Agreed of. to leave. Um, here we've got an existential question. Oh, hello. On the text. I like ones about ghosts, yeah. Um, I have a slanket. I spent three years at uni in Stoke and two years in Leicester. Does that make me a northerner? Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't think Leicester's north. No. Stoke is. Um, A bit. I'm going to do this. Here we come, walking down the street. We get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. And people say we monkey around. But we're too busy singing. Put anybody down We go where we want to Do what we like to do We don't have time to get restless There's always something new Hey, hey, we're the monkeys And people say we monkey around But we're too busy singing To put anybody down We're just trying to be friendly Anytime oh. time or anywhere, just look over your shoulder. Guess who'll be standing there? Hey, hey, we're the monkeys, and people say we monkey around, but we're too busy singing to put anybody
Run out, run out of stuff to say. Play a monkey song. It's fine. We've got a, a, a tweet uh, on regards to this concert. Lorraine says, Ian, I can do security at the gig. I have my own dog, high vis, and black trousers. I would need to borrow a radio and an earpiece, piece, though. Yeah, that's right. There's a Freudian. Uh, have we got any more texts, or should we just, um, you know, pretend this show never happened? Uh, let's have a look. We can't let's... be great. We can't be award-winning every day, guys. For goodness' sakes. We've got an offer of an event manager, Robbie on the A1. I mean, this thing's really coming together. I think we yep. need to um, yep. give it some serious thought. Well, let's give it to you what we'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll go off and have a fry up and give it some serious thought. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Borehamwood on the Barnet Bypass, it's queuing southbound because of a broken down lorry just between the M25 Junction 23 for St Albans Road and the Holiday Inn Turnoff. In North Watford, the A41 Northwestern Avenue is very slow southbound at the Dome Roundabout this morning. In Hamel Hempstead, Leighton Buzzard Road is looking very busy in both directions at Warners End Road. And having a look in Bedford Road in Luton, it's very slow on New Bedford Road into Luton and nearby on the A5 southbound. It's looking very busy through Mark. Having a look at the M25 anti-clockwise, it's queuing between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. And the circle line is suspended, travelling anti-clockwise, so that's affecting you if you're travelling to London, Euston, Paddington or Marleybone this morning. Samantha Ruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Excellent stuff. Right, that's it. That's your lot. Let's never speak of this show ever again. And let's come back with a good one tomorrow. JBS is up next until tomorrow morning at 6 from all of us. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday, it's 9 o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, should life mean life? 